to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. All over the hockey universe. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Nice onesie. Is it coming, men? Oh, I think you coming, men, enough for all of us. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 38 of Let's Go Blues Radio, the often imitated, never duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues hockey podcast. We're broadcasting live on this Thursday, November 7th, 2019. This is franchise episode number 224 all time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price and Jeff Ponder and Bill Day. Uh, And for your listening pleasure, we'll be with you for the next little while talking Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues hockey. To interact with us on social media, follow the show on Twitter at LGB Radio. My handle is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff's is at jponder94. Also follow us on Instagram, like us on the Facebook, and check out our YouTube channel. The website is letsgoblues.com, where you can listen or watch past episodes, browse the discussion forum, as well as get some cool St. Louis Blues-themed T-shirts, mugs, and stickers that helps support the show. For those of you watching the live show right now on YouTube, feel free to comment in the live chat below. If you're listening on a podcast later, uh, might want to check out the live show once in a while on YouTube. It's uh, quite entertaining I think, to say the least. Well, you get three attractive guys behind a microphone. I mean, I mean how could it not be entertaining? What is not to like? <laughs> how much time Bill you got? Drinking, Bill drinking out of his fancy glass there. I mean, you, you're missing a lot here, podcasters. I'm drinking out of Kurt's fancy it glass. Is, it is my fancy glass. Yeah. Pinky's I, up. <laughs> uh, how are you gentlemen this evening? How was your Halloween? <clears throat> well, spooky. Spooky. So spooky. Uh, Kurt, <laughs> you're, gonna, I will say, you're very good at that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, I will say your setup for handing out candy was the best I saw. Oh, yeah, the, the Very candy, nice. The candy in the Stanley Cup. I did that, too. Yeah. Put the candy in the uh, top of my Stanley Cup replica, which is like two and a half feet tall, three feet tall. Almost. Uh, and it, yeah, they, the kids came up and they got a blast out of it. Yeah, it was pretty, it, almost everyone had a color conversation. Oh yeah. The, uh, uh, hey, Stanley the Cup, we're, we're Stanley Cup the champions. World Series trophy, right? That's the, yeah. <laughs> Bob Rakowski in YouTube chat says, uh, Ponder's video is lagging bad. Yeah, we know it's, uh, he's, uh, he's a laggard. He's a laggard. I mean, it's a, we actually, what it is is I'm, I'm, uh, practicing ventriloquism. That right? I think that's right. Yeah, that's and uh, right. so I'm, I'm, I'm actually saying stuff before I make my lips move. So that, this is actually an all an act. That would take a lot of talent to throw your voice and then delay your mouth to move to say the words like by about a second and a half, two seconds. That I'm would be pretty, impressive. I'm a pretty impressive person. It'd be like so a kung fu, it's... kung fu show. Yeah. Kung fu oh, yeah. Almost. <laughs> uh, yes, we know Bob. Uh, we uh, 
still some things that that's going on with since we switched to uh, our new setup, and uh, we're we're working on it, so we'll be better in the future. You know, before three years before when we did the show on YouTube with uh, Google Hangouts as the engine, uh, the, the my video was always uh, a hair behind yeah. the audio. I I don't know what the deal is. Um, it's Internet Gremlins. That's what it is. Uh, Bill, how many uh, did you get? Uh, a lot of trick or treaters. Uh, we had we had enough. Yeah. I think we we bought one bag with four hundred pieces, and then after we you know ate two hundred of those before. <laughs> no, um, I, I think we probably had hundred to hundred and fifty over about two hours. It was cold. I don't think we had that many. Yeah. We, I mean, it was yeah, it was the weather. It was not conducive for a lot of. Well, I had a fire pit going driveway in my house. It was, it was. I mean, it was it was nice. Yeah, by the end of the night, like. <sighs> Older kids were just coming around, and I, I was just grabbing handfuls and putting <laughs> it in the bag. So, yeah, so we we uh, we actually, we had a fair amount of trick or treaters. Um, I took my kid around uh, to about seven houses, and then he was done because it was so cold. Uh, he's kind of a little baby when it comes to the cold, so it was pretty he did cold. Not enjoy that? It was cold. Yeah, it was cold. It was even at one point where he was kind of complaining. And we walk up to a house, and one of my neighbors, who I've never met before, was just like, oh, he looks cold. Come on in. And so we went in. We hung out with him for about 10 minutes and then went back out. So Here's some hot cider. Uh, yeah, it was real cool of him. But, um, but no, it was a good time. We had a lot of, uh, lot of trick-or-treaters, and uh, so that was cool. I was wearing a, a blues jacket, so I got a couple Let's Go Blues uh, comments, which was always fun. So, uh, no, it was great. This is the first time in our neighborhood. Uh, we did not see Pat Maroon, which was really upsetting. We thought, <laughs> living in South County, Pat Maroon's just going to stop by, right? But he never did. So it's, mm. it was quite the shame. I was pretty mad at him. Why isn't the Stanley Cup where I am? It really should be. It should always be where I'm at. If I go to FedEx office, it should be at FedEx office. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> almost. Yeah, Colorado <laughs> is now whooping Nashville 8-3, to three, and there was a breakaway on... Is Renee still on that? Uh, no. I was going to say, it's, Soros? For the last five goals, it's been Soros. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Such sweet Soros. Man. You know, I, I was, I, you know, I, I Blues fans should probably want Colorado to win this game because the standings-wise, we'd maintain our five-point lead in the division. So yeah. it's, uh, it's working out that way. Th- out shooting them 31-13. to 13. Yeah. I, I think the, Phew, say, we need to do some over-under bets here. Over-under. 13 um, goals? Will, yeah. Thirteen and a half, Bill. How many goals will Cal? I'll I'll take the under total total for the game or yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. team under uh, uh total total over. So it's eleven right now. So yeah, so you think yeah. so you think oh, yeah. uh, three more goals will be scored? Yes, by Colorado. So how so how many <laughs> and then so how many other... how many goals does Valeri Kamensky have in this game? Um, zero because he is in the back of a is in the trunk of a car getting driven across the border. That was wow. his story. That was his story. Yeah, I, I know, but why is he doing it again? <laughs> because of Trump. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> the other over/under is: Will Colorado or will Nashville's goalies stop more shots? More than fifty percent of the shots they see the rest of the game. Will they? Will they make more saves? Yes. Do they give up goals? Yes. I say the third period. I say we're, I take the under. 
I say the third period. We're almost the third period's coming up. Like what a minute, a couple minutes left. Yeah. In the second, I say I say there's like one goal in the third period. Right. That's usually how it plays out. <laughs> I'm gonna take the over. All right. All right. We will keep you updated. We'll see. Folks. We'll be here. Uh, official beers of episode number two two four. Uh, Bill, you have some a pairing of chocolate to go with your brother's. Oh yes, I do because I have once again gone back to the tried and true, my favorite beer of winter season, Founders Breakfast Stout. Ah. It's by far my favorite it's, uh, everyday coffee stout. Um, very coffee, very chocolate. Hold that label up uh, to the to the screen there, Bal. You uh, you kind of had it backwards. There you go. Give that a there try, you. folks. There you yes. go. This is this has got to be my most often consumed beer on this show. Why wouldn't it be? I and mean, why wouldn't it be? Oh my. <laughs> yeah, and it's so fitting. The holy jump in uh, uh, sign on the wall is by the cup is kind of half on screen behind you. Yeah, pretty pretty fitting. Yeah. I, it, all I see is the Y, the J, and the U. U-G. Yeah. yeah it's the, the cup and this cover and then it's off here. Uh, Jeff, what's yours? Well, uh, I will be honest with you guys. I have taken a page out of your book recently. I have not drinking out of a can since the last episode of this show. Uh, but <laughs> I felt that I had to tonight because of the one that I'm drinking. I wanted to show this off. Uh, it is the uh, Center Ice Brewery Arena um, Lager. Where am I putting this here? Here we go. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I put my camera. Uh, the old Arena Lager from Center Ice Brewery. You can get this over at Friar Tuck. I'm not sure. I think that's the only place that is being distributed, uh, obviously, other than Center Ice Brewery. Um, it is just a very smooth lager. Um, for those of you who like Bud Light, Bud Select, Michelob, whatever. This is probably the one that uh, you should get if you've never been to Center Ice Brewery. But um, I will be honest, it is it is better than all of those because it doesn't taste watered down. So it's probably more probably I, more like Budweiser. A little bit yeah. more like Budweiser, yeah. yeah. But it's but heavy. It's, it's real good. It's heavy, yeah, and it's good. It's it's light. You can drink this year round. Uh, you can drink it in the heat. You can drink it in the cool. Um, just uh, great stuff from those guys over at Center Ice Brewery. And you crack it open, and it smells like the old arena. I'm kind of glad it doesn't, actually. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Although, when I open it up, my floor starts to shake. You know, uh, companies... My wife starts peeing all over the bathroom. <laughs> companies nowadays are pretty damn good about nailing flavors and scents. Crossbar. crossbar. <laughs> Avalanche at the crossbar. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're on the power play, too. Yeah. Um, so you, you th- that would be a cool deal to uh, replicate the uh, the musty, smoky... Uh, damp uh, smell of the arena, uh, and put it in a bottle or something. What? What it though? Air freshener. An air freshener. Oh yeah. Oh, people eat that up. Come on, uh, locally anyway. I'd buy one. You'd buy one too. I would buy it, but I don't think I'd use it. <laughs> put an air. Put I would just a, have it sitting on the shelf. Put it in your car. Well, hanging from the rear view. It probably would still smell better than my hockey bag, so I guess I could use it there. And just hang a couple of water-stained sheets from your ceiling. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Right. Yes, yeah, drape them. Uh, I the, like it. The sound dampeners, whether they're whatever. Yeah. Uh, mine, my beer is the. Uh, and speaking of drinking out of cans, Ponder, I I have not drank out of a can in a long time. I think am I, is that snobby? I can't. I can't do it. I, I'm no, a ball, you know I I enjoy it. like if you're at a bonfire or something. It's just it. There's something about it. You just have to do it. But 
I'll admit lately, yeah, I've been I've been drinking out of a glass, so it's it's a little pompous, I guess. But you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're pompous guys. I don't care. I don't care. We're beer we snobs. Remember? No, we we are. Um, I have. Uh, last week I had on the uh, what did I have? The O'Fallon uh, pumpkin. Right. And before that I had O'Fallon salted salted caramel. caramel. Uh, this week I have the O'Fallon s'mores. So where's the camera? There it is. Can nobody in the show find the camera? Uh, so if you're watching on the YouTubes, yeah, O'Fallon found s'mores, uh, found pumpkin s'mores. It's good. If you it's haven't good. tried it, you might still be able to find it, but I know they've stopped making it, so you got to get out pretty soon and get it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, I, I, was, I guess I was not a fan of the salted caramel, but this this is pretty good. It's uh, it's got a hint of the uh, hint of the s'mores flavor, a little Grammy, chocolatey, pumpkiny. Don't taste the marshmallow, though. Whatever. Oh. My, my second beer is uh, a regular pumpkin beer. I have, so I'm with you. I have one in the fridge, and I have a pumpkin, uh, pecan pie in the fridge. You say pecan pie pecan? or pecan? I, I, pecan. <laughs> I, unless you're Billy Crystal and when Harry met Sally, you should not say pecan. I, I say pecan. I don't pecan know why. I say pie. pecan because I think of, I don't even watch the show, that uh, sounds more American fun. Dad, he says pecan sandies. <laughs> like that's, that's the only reason I think I say pecan. It's just, it's more fun to say pecan. Sometimes I have fun when I talk and it's just, it's fun to enunciate differently. Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong mm-hmm. syllable. Sorry about that. Sorry. 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 <laughs> uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, uh, give that account a follow. Uh, it is one of the best blues Twitter follows that you can follow. Uh, 11 November 7th, 9, uh, 2019 is today's day, so 1968. November 7th, 1968, Red Berenson. This is the anniversary of the six-goal game by Red Berenson, uh, the greatest single-game achievement in the St. Louis Blues franchise history. A little commentary thrown in by Mr. Uh, STL Blues history, but uh, that's a hard point to argue. This is a, is a valid a valid stance. And sadly, no video. No, no video. Yeah. Not televised. No, back in the day when a number of games weren't televised. Yeah. <clears throat> neither I, in, uh, neither here or in um, Philly. Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, really, was, they should have learned their lesson. They really should have televised every single Blues and Flyers game because something was going to happen right. back in the day. Well, that was the Thanks, last... Thanks, Bill Wurtz. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, that was the last time the Blues won in Philadelphia until the early 90s. It was, was an, that... it was an insane run. I thought the last time they won was the game that they... The big brawl. I thought that was the last game they won. Though we're... They fought the fans and Plager and then went in the did, stands. Did they thought, win that game? Yeah. Hmm. No. Well, that possibly. Was, wasn't that 68 too? I, I thought that was the last game they'd won. But I could be wrong. Like, and then went a long streak without winning. Yeah. Because that, that, that was the that was during the Broad Street Bullies era. So that would have been that wasn't. between the, the, the brawl. The brawl wasn't. The brawl was, was right before it. Was it? Well, I then, thought because... Then, then that was probably 68. Because uh, that's one of the... Uh, happenings that that prompted the Flyers GM to become the become Broad the Street Blues. Blyer, uh, Broad Street Boys yeah. because they got pushed around the blue so much. You know, I can look this up right now. 
I'm going to do that because we talked about this on the Flyers episode uh, of the Summer Series. So I am going to Vegas Blues fan right now. Vegas Blues fan uh, Heitzman. Uh, in YouTube chat says that is correct. Last game they won was the fight night. Yeah. And it was it was an insane streak. Yes. Oh, it, it was just, nuts. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it did not end until not that long ago. Right. It was the it was All right, like 10 the years 90s. ago. Yeah. Red Berenson's six-goal game, 11-7-68. And then, yes, the fight was in 1972, January 6th. Okay. So that's so just a couple of years off. But, yeah, 72 to the 90s, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It, it, it may have been longer than the 90s. It may have been... Uh, I thought I remember sitting in my basement at my house in Fairview, and I, we bought the, I bought that house in 2001, and I thought that was when it ended. God, if only we had a device that could tell us this information. <laughs> you know what? I think it was uh, I think it was the the Jordan Bennington's first game was the first game that they won, right? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Almost. I remember an uh, Alex Havanov overtime winner in there somewhere. Ooh. Uh, uh, November 7th, 2006, Al McInnes was named Vice President of Hockey Operations for the St. Louis Blues, November 7th, 2006. That was 13 effing years ago that he was, uh, I mean, it does not seem that long. 13 years, my God. does not seem that long ago he was, I mean, I would. It, 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 does not compute. No, not at all. It uh, yeah, I well it was 2006 when um, well, I've got the stick over here. I should look up the date, but his uh, retirement night, right? Um, I don't have it. I mean, that I doesn't that. seem like that long ago. No. I was I was there for it. I have. I was there too. I have the banner that they so gave I, away. I have the whole banner. I don't, I don't have the McInnes one. Yeah. April eighth, 2006. I think is what I'm reading. Hmm. That looks like that, that. looks like I'm right. That's so crazy. long, so long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, since our last show, the Blues went. Uh, our last show was last Tuesday, so we're uh, a little over a week. The Blues had five games in the eight days. Five and games in eight days. Did, I, I bet they did terrible, right? Uh, since our last show, five games in eight days. Uh, yeah, just unbelievably terrible. They only went five and zero. Oh. Uh, oh. Couldn't couldn't get. I mean, it took them three game overtime in three games. So that's. Kind of pathetic. That's struggling. Terrible. It isn't, that's awful. Terrible. You can't, can't get, you're just giving away points. They need to make a trade or something. <laughs> Jake Allen needs to become the starter. And one of those was a, was a Central Division team. It's, come on. <laughs> uh, beat Minnesota 2-1. Two, uh, two of those were. Three were in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Columbus, Minnesota, yeah. And Vancouver, three in a row. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota two to one, Columbus uh, four to three in overtime. Minnesota four to three in overtime. Vancouver two to one in overtime. The fun one. Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Too much. Uh, and Edmonton last night five to two. And hey, uh, let's not overlook the fact that the win over Vancouver has inspired many hilarious memes on Facebook. <laughs> That's you guys have seen those, right? I've seen. I saw a couple of them. I, I don't Fantastic. think I saw enough, though. Fantastic. I, I saw a couple in passing. I need to look them up. Uh, speaking of uh, Vancouver, uh, big win in Vancouver. Uh, two of the top teams in the West. Vancouver was red hot, going five zero and two in the last seven. Hadn't lost in regulation at home this year. Uh, still hadn't after this game. But uh, Bozak scored uh, three thirty-seven in the second period. 
to open up the scoring from uh, Sammy Belay and uh, Alex Steen, uh, rest in peace, uh, to put the Blues... <laughs> foreshadowing! Uh, to to put the Blues up... died! I, I mean, well, for four weeks he has. Um, <laughs> well, we'll be talking about this game. We'll be talking about the big win in Edmonton. Uh, just to give you a rundown of the topics here. Uh, the Steen injury, uh, the Robbie Fabry trade to Detroit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Petrangelo and his contract uh, and uh, how he's playing this season and uh, some goaltending stuff and some stats on compared to last week and what's next up for the Blues. So uh, if any of that interests you, stick around. And if it doesn't, yeah, still stick around. You know, what, stick what you around. We'll, we'll, we'll probably go off on many tangents. Uh, I mean, that's that's about 20 minutes worth of topics. And we're, we're, we got a good 90-minute show here every week. Yep. So we're, we're, we're going to – all kinds of useless filler. Uh, Bozak scored 3-3-7 in the second period. Um, and a beautiful feed from, from Blay from the corner to the top of the crease. Uh, Bozak buries it top shelf. Have I mentioned lately how much I am loving the play of Sammy Blay? He's a good player. Dude's awesome. He's, I mean, hits – you know, he's, he's Last gonna... year, I would have said this guy is a is a top. This is going to sound weird, a top bottom six player, but now I would say he's a bottom top six player. I mean, he's <laughs> it sounds weird. Yes, so what he's a saying, middle six player. So yeah, he's a middle six is, guy. He should be on your second line. Yes, <laughs> not the third line. I mean, that's that's, that's not something you're not too the often. first line either. The middle six, you don't hear that too often. No, you don't. And you know, you can, and that's the thing. You could throw him on the first line. He started this year on the first line. I thought he looked great. He let's had the coin, first goal of the year for the Blues. Let's coin that. Let's coin the middle six. That's a Should let's we, go Blues. Why don't we? All right, let's let's uh, have an offshoot podcast called the Middle Six. That's awesome, where, actually. Where all we talk about are the middle six players in, on the team. We can't talk about anyone else. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. The Blues have depth. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can talk about some interesting players. Um. No, I agree. I, I, I mean, what's not to like? I mean, uh, you saw it in the, uh, he, his coming out party was the playoffs last year, and that was uh, that was fun to watch. And he's been good this year. Really, really fun to watch. Productive. Not fun. Not fun for Ben Bishop. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, slap shot on a breakaway, and he scores. I mean, come on, that's that's when, legendary. Yeah, when he in the playoffs, out, right? When he pulled that, that was out, so awesome. In you know, that's that's in the wake of you know Pareko breaking Bishop <laughs> breaking with a face. slap shot. Yeah, God, it was God, that that was the moment he endeared himself to me. Like I, I oh, I, that that took balls. Yeah, and you know, in watching him play, I'm like, yeah, he's got balls. He's a smart ass out there, yeah. and he's got that smirk. Yeah, he he's and, a guy that's probably easy to hate. For I mean, Boston right. fans hate him. So and that I mean, they were talking about that in last night's game. You know, he just you know, I think he, the the play where he and Drysidle, like he hit Drysidle, it had the smirk on his face. And Drysidle gets up and takes an interference penalty yeah. to hit it back. <laughs> you know? And he's smirking on the bench. Yeah, that's so funny. It's you gotta gotta love when those guys are on your team. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and it's I and sports. Sports commentary and sports fandom is very hypocritical. It is like you have to be a hypocrite if you're going to be a passionate sports fan because you love those kinds of guys when on a team, but you hate them and you badmouth them when they're on someone else's team, and you, but you don't care when they're on your team. So, I mean, this is it's when it's okay to be a hypocrite is when you're a, a passionate sports fan. <laughs> and when they're on your team. Uh, Bob Rakowski says dead to be reevaluated in four weeks. That's about Steen. That's <laughs> yeah. 
And Crappy Goalie says, uh, rest in peace, Jeff. So, <laughs> Hey, Crappy Goalie's watching live. That's great. He's usually he a podcaster. Welcome, Crappy Goalie. Uh, it stayed uh, one nothing Blues until Vancouver tied the game on a late third-period goal to make it 1-1 to one going into OT. The Blues end up winning this game on a 3-0 that happened because uh, all three Canucks broke into a scene from Benny Hill, I think, uh, uh, behind their own net, uh, own red line. Uh, running into each other, falling down. I think, I think I saw a topless woman go by at like double speed <laughs> at, at one point. Wasn't sure. You could never tell. Is this <laughs> is this on Channel Eleven? <laughs> yeah, like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Are those boobs on Channel Eleven? What the hell? Yeah. Uh, uh, that was a good show, Benny yeah. Hill. It was hilarious. That was so funny. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was almost like, you know, oh, I'm not supposed to be watching this because there's like. Almost naked women. Almost. Almost. It's risque. They had like pasties on. Yeah. That was, but that was close enough for right. a 10-year-old, 12-year-old. Right. For whatever it was. Shen, Schwartz, Petrangelo, all go the way after the Canucks collide behind the Blues goal, uh, leaving a half sheet of ice between them and the three Canucks, basically. Uh, Shen gathers the puck in. Uh, miss, After about five mishandles. seconds. I know, right? They all slow down to like a crawl right in front of the goal, and Shen mishandles it and then passes across to Petrangelo, who in turn mishandles it, and then it gets it over to Shen, uh, uh, Schwartz, who buries it. And I'm thinking, that that is one of the – it's not just that it was a 3-on-0 in overtime, which is crazy weird, but uh, the fact that it was mishandled twice by the first two guys. And then I almost thought Petrangelo was trying to go back to Shen. Because the way he, like, I don't know, it was, it was so odd. Yeah. Like, Do I, I really I, want I to pass it to Schwartzy? The way that, yeah, and the way that they kept bobbling the puck, I thought, well, Schwartz is going to shoot this 10 feet high, and then it's going to go back down. And there's going to be another 3-on-0 in Biddington, and the Canucks are going to win. I was, like, that's I was, what was in my head. I was a little worried when I saw all three Blues going forward. I'm like, somebody stay back. There's three guys yeah. behind you. What if uh, Markstrom makes a save and shoots it down the ice? Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, that was uh, that was something you don't see often. Uh, you see it in men's league, I guess. You see it in men's league. You you see, you, uh, John Kelly uh, was very excited. Uh, yelled. I've never seen him. I don't think I saw him yell like this in the playoffs. Yeah. He was like, I've never seen a three on zero before in the NHL. And then, and then you, you know, Arrested Development narrator James Chimes said only he had seen a three on zero in the NHL in 2013, a game in which he was behind the microphone. So and, also, and and yelled, it's a three on zero. I've never seen this before, right? I, I mean, so yeah. I no. caught so much shit on Twitter after Kelly said that, and I said, I, I thought it was funny that he was just so excited about right. it. He had never seen it before. I'm like in the NHL. I'm like, and I said, I'm cracking up at the at the broadcaster saying they've never seen this before. What the hell? I, I've seen this a handful of times, not in right. overtime, right? Which is maybe what he meant, but that's not what he said, and. uh because two on O's turn into barely three on O's. You know, it happens. And, uh, man, there was a bunch of people that said, well, the fucking Sportsnet people, you know, they've never seen it before. And then you know, the broadcasters say, I haven't, and you're saying you have, you know, you're, you're fucking moron. <laughs> Is that how they sounded, too? Man. I think so. Like real dimwits. I think so. Huh. I think they, so. They specified their tone and tenor in their – like it, it's on their Twitter handles, yeah, right? Right. I sound like a moron. Right. <laughs> oh, well, okay. not. Right. Uh, you know what? I, 
I, I, and it's funny because I like, you know what? I get an attack for saying that basically people call me a liar for saying I've never seen a 3-on-0 before. I'm like, so I, I just Googled real quick. Boom. First thing comes up, 3-on-0, Blues Blackhawks. And I play it. It's Kelly on the microphone calling it a 3-on-0. Not in overtime, but it's, it's a 3-on-0 for the Hawks against the Blues. And it was Kane and two other guys, and Kane scores. And I'm like, well, fuck. Right here, first fucking return I get. I mean, I posted it, and, and Mike McKenna, former goalie, uh, said, yeah, it happened to me. You know, but he, it wasn't in NHL, but he posted a screenshot of three guys coming on him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, people, this happens. You know, I'm not stupid. I'm not crazy. I'm not lying. I'm reminded of the, uh, the, I don't remember what league it was in, but I know it was a minor league of, and I know you guys saw the, the video. I think we've talked about it on the show before of the goalie that had the two on O coming his way. And he just shoved the net off the morning. Yes. Yeah. Because he, because he knew that that's just going to be a penalty shot. And that's a one shot and done. There's no rebounds, nothing. And it's only was, one guy. There was so an like, NHL goalie that did that. I was uh, thinking that. I was like, there? why doesn't Markstrom do that? Like, that's what I would tell my goalie. You ever have a two or three on O coming your way? It's a penalty shot. Shove the shot. net off. Well, you know what, though? Uh, in some situations, the, yeah, the referee can award the goal. Uh, and that's usually on a uh, goalie throwing a stick, you know, on a shot uh, situation. But I can see where the referee might say. I wonder if they have the discretion, if that's in the rules, to give that much leeway to, get, to award the goal in any situation like that. That's a good question. That's a great question. I'll pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> if well, a goalie knocks off the goal on a three and zero, can does the referee have the power to award a goal in that situation? You're you're patting yourself on the back for having a question and not the answer. What are you, Jeopardy host? Gr- I'm not an official. I mean, <laughs> I pride myself in knowing the rules of this game, uh, but I, I that's a situation I've never seen before. So well, I'm going to try to answer that because I think, and I could be completely wrong here. I know the rule used to be. That if there was no goalie and a player did it, if there was yes, a, a pulled that goalie, that would be a an automatic goal. That too. I don't know about if the goalie does it. I'm if as far if as I goal- know, it's not, but it might be. Oh, if the goalie throws his stick in a situation where uh, they can award the goal. Uh well, Roman Turek did it. Remember that, and it was uh, yeah, but they never call. Well, his, they, they don't call a penalty shot, and his response was, "I didn't know I couldn't throw my stick." Oh, maybe they did. Maybe, maybe maybe that is the rule. Okay, maybe it's the, they give you a penalty shot. In that situation, that makes sense. Is Bill looking it up, or is he just like playing I am, I am a game? Cat Church, Cat Church, and YouTube chat says David Leggio. He he was the guy that it was uh, a two on zero. Okay, on him, it was in the either the AHL or the ECHL. East uh, okay, TV. we got a couple. We should honestly read our YouTube stats because these people know way more than we do. Uh, Vegas Blues fan Heitzman says uh, they can't do it anymore as the goal is automatically awarded. Crappy goalie backs that up and says, I thought Lundquist did that once, and they changed the rule to an automatic goal. I was going to say Lundquist, yes. I was, that's what I was thinking of. Vegas Blues fan adds that the goalie knocks it off. Cat uh, Church says, yeah, guys, but awarding the auto goal in overtime might be iffy. Yeah, that's a good that's, point. That's, I, I don't yeah, – I, I wonder yeah. if they would. That's, that, that's – yeah. Man, ending the game with a goal like that. And who do you award the goal to? I guess the person who has the puck? It depends how blatant the, the stick throw is, too. I, I think if it's a wide-open net and the goalie is way out of the goal and he throws a stick, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so that it's actually a uh, rule change for this year. Elliot Friedman tweeted all okay. about it this summer. All right. So, yeah. There you go. He knocks the net off on a breakaway automatic goal. 
Huh. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That's a God. that's a good we rule gotta, change. Yeah. We got to remember we have. Yep. Even an OT infinity uh, knowledge at our. I know. Steps. I know. I know. There were there were a number of rule changes before the season started this year, and I we never talked about all of them on the show. We we were too busy celebrating the Stanley Cup championship. We were still hungover. Yep. Uh, Bennington stopped 33 of 34 in the uh, Vancouver win. Played quite well. Thought he looked great. Yeah. He had a yeah. great game. I, was, I yeah. thought that was one of his better games of the year. Yep. And he, actually, his last handful of games have been really, really good. So he's uh, he's coming around, too. Because to start the season, he was up and down, mm-hmm. uh, uh, allowed some iffy goals. So uh, yeah. it's, it's good to see him uh, put a nice stretch together. There was It was rare last postseason where I was, you know, it, it was hard for me to admit, like, okay, that's a bad goal for Bennington to give up. But I look back and I'm like, you know, a lot of those were just goals that goalies give up. I mean, they may look bad, but, eh, you know, it happens. This start of this year, there was a lot of goals given up where I'm like, okay, what the hell, Jordan? You're better than that. That's yeah. that's not the type of goaltending we've seen from you. And yeah, uh, Not necessarily awful soft goals, but... Goals just ones that he usually probably, has. Yeah, he 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 made last year, and we talked about this as far as him not. He won't be able to duplicate his numbers and performance from last year. That's kind of that's that's a really tall order to ask right. of somebody. It's kind of the highest bar. Yes, right? if, if you if you ask him to do that, then he's a Hall of Famer at, right. uh, if it, for yeah. his career. So, uh, best of all time, a one point eight something GAA he had last year. If he does that like every every season around that, he's the best of all time. I mean, yeah, Bill Day high school yeah. numbers is what we're talking there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> CBC. Because I started two games and we scored <laughs> 50 goals in both of those games. And, Good for you. Uh, I saw four shots. How many assists did you get? Come on, you had to have at least one assist in there, right? I don't believe so. Oh, Bill. Bill. I was not the best puck handler. He he never had a stick to... to Move the puck up the ice. It was broken from the goal before he allowed it. Not at CBC. He'd break it when it was a. He'd allow the goal before that. I honestly, I I played very rarely in the high school league. <laughs> I truly believe Bill never has given up a goal in his life. That's what I like to think. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of broken sticks that would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Still have most of them in the garage too. You need to build a table or something out of those broken sticks. I I I should. Well, I tell you but, what. Getting back to this game, we uh, the 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 Quint Hughes, uh, Pedersen and Bres- Bresser, Besser, Besser. Uh, three trio out there in overtime. They are scary. They they really can read off each other. And we talked earlier this year that, I mean, they've they've come around now. But early in the year, when the Blues were just not looking good in overtime, that the Vancouver Canucks made them look stupid uh, early in the year when they played them in overtime. And they came out this game, and and they they controlled the play pretty well. I think in overtime, even when that pairing or that trio was out there, and uh, yeah, obviously we saw the the three on O goal, which was huge. You don't see that often, but uh, I mean John Kelly's only seen it twice, so uh, <laughs> you, you need to remind him because he doesn't remember any of them. Yeah, but that was their that was their second unit that was out there because it was Tyler Myers. Took out um, uh, who's the captain? Um, the center who's the captain? And then um, uh, uh, Trevor Miller. Linden. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wrong era. Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat. Uh, yeah. 
so. And that's like I going back and watching the replay of that over and over. It's like Tyler Myers makes the two worst decisions you could possibly make there. Come in and try to take a shot, pass off pad when a guy's peeling off and or not peeling off but curling around the net. I mean, if the guy's peeling off, okay, maybe, but he's yeah, it was it was bad. And then he wipes out and takes out Horvat. I Pretty sure it was Horvat. Uh, yeah. It was comical. It was. Keystone Cops. Right. I saw somebody <laughs> put it to the um, uh, Bringing the Clowns uh, classical uh, score today. You know, it would be a short video, but uh, if you played it double speed and played it to the Benny Hill theme, oh, yeah. that'd be kind of fun. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe I'll do that. Like, I don't know, when I have time in a year and a half from yeah. now. Somebody's already done it. You're not that busy, Kurt. Shut up. I'm leaving town tomorrow morning to go to Indianapolis. I got I got to post produce this show uh, pretty much tonight and put gonna the podcast. Going to catch up. a Pacers game, are you? I want to catch up. Catch up? No, no, I am not. Gonna stop is, in Pawnee, uh, Indiana? Uh, no, I I don't know where that is. I mean, it's I mean we're in relation to Indianapolis. Uh, how it close? Doesn't exist. Right. It doesn't exist. But not, you could see Ron Swanson. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> You go to uh, the steakhouse that Ron Swanson likes. Uh, I can't. What was it, Moroni's or something? <laughs> you had me at meat. <laughs> uh, so uh, the following game uh, against Edmonton, Jake Allen's fourth start of the season. Uh, Stick Handle and Mike Smith was in net for Edmonton. <laughs> Man, oh. I forgot how much of an adventure he is when he's in net. Holy shit! Seriously, the so I when when I saw that it was those two going head to head, I thought the the game that we're watching now is currently eight to three. I thought that's that's realistic that this is going to happen. There there are going to be more than ten goals scored in this game, and eh, eh, yeah, you know, not quite seven. Uh, but obviously, you have no idea what you're talking about. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Allen was hoping to improve on his 51st ranked goals against average, which was going into this game 3.72, and his 62nd ranked save percentage, 8.55. Again, Kurt, going, going Kurt, into this game, leave yes. him alone. I'm just rattling God. off stats. <laughs> You're such a jerk. I'm such an speaking, asshole for stating the facts. <laughs> speaking of that, I don't think I saw this later on in the uh, outline, but uh, we didn't talk about the Minnesota game no. in which Jake Allen also started. And at the beginning of the game, where they flashed up yes. the goaltending stats, yes. Devin Dubnik versus Jake Allen, to spare everybody, they put up their career GAA. Yes, and did you see that, Jeff? I did not see that. Yeah, because I was I was had the TV on. I'm watching the game, and before it starts, and I looked up to see, oh God, you know, are they going to put these awful Allen numbers on the screen? And they didn't. And I looked at them <laughs> like, are you shitting me? You're, you're gonna ah, oh. and it just, I mean, it it annoyed me because of the idea that the team and the network uh, and the broadcast crew, they're handling Allen with kid gloves again. Yeah. You know, they can't put up his stats from this year because they're so bad. So they put up his career numbers instead, which you see from time to time, but I don't know. Oh, every, yeah. I mean, when's this, this far into the season, you don't see career numbers. 
No, I mean, unless he, it's like a, unless it's like career start number two hundred or something. They right. did they did put him up in this game before the game started. Right. I made a point to look again. I'm like, <laughs> and they did they to their credit they did put his stats up before the game with which I just read off, uh, and they were they were bad. Uh, Pert near worse than the league, really. Yeah. I mean, almost. Um, right. I mean, it's sixty second. I mean, if you think about it, he was the sixty second best goalie uh, save percentage. That's a lot of goalies. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. Obviously, there's more than team. There's teams that have had more than two right. goalies start, but sixty right. second. That by all standards, should technically be last. Yes, it should. It, and it essentially is last because <laughs> it is. some of those guys aren't, are, are not the, they got one start and they're, they're gone. But uh, So this... Yeah, 60 seconds, pretty bad. It is awful. Uh, 51st is not... That's like re- being really the third best host on Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> We're all tied for that. <laughs> so. We're all tied for the third worst host. So I was, I was just about to say, he... he Baseball has the Mendoza line, and hockey may have the Allen line. Oh, Mendoza line is two hundred, which was I, I blew, yeah I, below the Mendoza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, put on Jake the brakes, Luis. So I I looked it up, and in twenty thirteen, um, hockey abstract said hockey's Mendoza line for goalies is nine hundred save percentage. And Jake's below that. Oh yeah, and for it's, the season, and and the, and the Mendoza line is not good i mean you no. want to be a well above no it. no it's... and what's and, interesting is that before when this game started when they had the stats on the screen federico and he's done this before i think federico still kind of has a mindset of the nine the 90s where uh, or the 80s 90s where he's where a 900 save percentage was good mm-hmm. and he and he said before the game started in the, in the pregame he said yeah and, J- and, the, and the, the, the his 855 save percentage on the screen. He wants to, he wants to get that save percentage up around 900. I'm like, no, he wants to get that up around like 920. Right. Or 915 at least for a backup. You know, you want that to be up higher, much higher than 900. 900 but, is not good. But for Jake Allen, 900 is fantastic. Right, compared to what he uh, has guys, now, Guys, leave yes. him alone. Leave him alone. He's not doing <laughs> anything wrong. Uh, anyway... Uh, Stop reading off statistics because we know that they're skewed. Jake Allen is better than that. He won a series once. Leave him alone. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> this ended up being a bit of a statement game for the Blues. Uh, and going in, it was actually supposed to be a statement game for Edmonton. They, they made that comment uh, before the game started. You know, because they've had some, some bad seasons recently, a lot of bad seasons recently, and they're off to a great start, and they wanted to. I guess it's a measuring stick for Edmonton. They wanted to, oh, Stanley Cup champions, defending Stanley Cup champions, they're, you know, they're up in the top of the division with us, and we want to show them. They're in our building. We want to show them how good we are. And uh, end up being That's a every team. Right, right, but, I mean, I'm talking about Edmonton, like, being good for a change. Yeah. And they want to, like, prove it, you know, against the Stanley Cup champions. I think Vancouver wanted to do the same thing. That's yes. That's why they won the first time they played them. Yeah. And, well, and the – Blues won this uh, Potential had a three-point game, one goal, two assists. Uh, Schwartz had a goal, one assist. Blues won this game 5-2. to two. Uh, Doesn't tell the story of how no. this game played out. A 5-2 to two sounds like a, a laugher almost, but uh, uh, this game two, was a... Two short-handed empty net goals. Yeah, and, it, and this game was... Uh, they were in danger of making this yet another one-goal game uh, the Blues mm-hmm. were going to be involved in, so uh, which they think they, what... Lead the league or tied or something in one goal I think games. They lead the league in one goal games. At least yeah. that's as of last night, I believe. But uh, yeah, was it for Tyler Bozak putting the master spin on the puck? 
It might have been a one goal game. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was like a like a Pete Weber bowling hook <laughs> he threw. That was. Who do uh, you think you are? I am. <laughs> <laughs> How many other podcasts have two Pete Weber quotes? At different shows during a season. How many? None. There's not a How single many damn hockey other. podcasts, especially? The, the only thing better would be if we could get a different famous quote. Right. I bet you there's not a bowling podcast that does that. There's probably not too many bowling podcasts, but still. <laughs> we should start one. We the, middle, the middle six. That's going to be our new bowling podcast. No, it so, makes no sense, but we're going to do it. Suggest that to Lance. Uh, he's done. He's done baseball he's doing hockey now he's bowling's next there you go i like it uh the uh mcdavid put the oilers up one to nothing early in the first period on their uh, second shot of the game so it was early and it was it was soft as allen wasn't square to the shooter and and was back on the crossbar at least i thought so you guys Feel free to disagree on the Leave quality of this goal. God, I'm just saying, alone. I'm I'm working up to He's something here. Doing I, I have a Kirk. method to my madness there. It, it, it's, I'm working towards, and I do believe that the Allen fanboys would appreciate where I'm going to go with this eventually. Just leave him alone. <clears throat> <laughs> We're, we're talking about the first goal, right? Yes. It's a power play. I, it's a power play. I give them a discount. Well, it was a power play, and uh, it was from an angle, but uh, he had a lane. It was still from an angle. But uh, he, was not, he wasn't square. I kind of chalked it up as, eh, he didn't do his job. Granted, it was McDavid. It was on a power play. He had a lane. Picked a spot. Five hole. But I think he looked bad. I think he looked bad on it. I think... Well, he was deep in his net again. He was deep in his net. I think he was I deep. Think, I think that he was that was the only misplay I think he had on that. It was At, that he was way too deep. He was deep. Yeah, not square. He was like he yeah. wasn't. Which coincides with being deep in your net. We on say that, on that net play. We say all the time whenever Ovechkin scores, we're like, well, it's Ovechkin. You know, people can complain all the time. I think we even defended Allen with that when he gave a power play goal to Ovechkin. It's like it's Ovechkin. He's gonna score on the power play. It's it's a given. So same thing with McDavid. Hate he's hate just that. he's gonna score on you. Um, you just want to see a, a a little bit of a little better, I guess, effort. I don't know if effort's the right word, but uh, a better <laughs> showing by your goaltender on a on a shot from McDavid because I think that was a a savable shot. But eh, it, it I, I'll I'll agree with Bill to a slight extent. Power oh. play, McDavid. It, it's gonna happen. Why do you guys love Allen so much? Anyway, Cat Church uh, in the Leave YouTube chat alone. says, <laughs> let's stay positive. Schwartz on the forecheck is looking great lately. He is. He's, uh, he, Rent, you know, Schwartz is, when Schwartz is playing well, he's relent, a relentless forechecker. He's a, a thief in the offensive zone. Yeah. When he's playing well. Yeah. His, towards the end of the game, there was play um, just inside the, the Blues defensive zone where he was hustling back to kind of and he got in the lane and fell down as he's wont to do uh but <laughs> swung around stick on the ice and broke up a great uh you know potential odd man situation it was i i thought it was you know emblematic of his play of late yeah i'll say schwartz has really stepped up i think since uh tarasenko has gone down i was uh, uh one of his bigger critics again this year um and I, I still am to a certain extent i think we could still expect some more statistics from him but 
Kurt, you're right, man. And when he's on his forechecking game, he's one of the best on the team. And that's saying a lot because the Blues have some great forecheckers. Uh, after uh, Allen made a uh, – the McDavid had a chance where he uh, tried to uh, walk Bowmeister, kind of halfway got around him, and Bowmeister made a nice play to to kind of thwart that. Uh, he did get a, like a one-handed push uh, push shot on net that uh, that Allen – this was not long after the uh, the first goal. Uh, Allen made a, a bit of a shaky save, I thought, on it. Uh, it kind of fell backwards, almost went in, uh, kind of mm-hmm. almost went five-hole. But uh, – but, after that, I thought he seemed to get much better as the game went on. That first goal I didn't like. That he looked shaky on, but he seemed to get much better after that. And uh, I didn't see the shakiness. I didn't see the misplays. Uh, I saw him challenging and uh, square. And he was much better from that point forward. And God, Kurt, just get off his back. Had oh, a wait fan, a minute, being good. He had a really good. nice game. Uh, after that, uh, which I don't know how, but like five, six, seven minutes into the period, whatever it was. That save he made, and, and this is kind of jumping ahead, but in the third period he made that save where he kind of dove out of his crease. and The, the uh, glove? Yeah, with the glove. Oh, that was beautiful. That was vintage Jake Allen when he was like on his game in that Minnesota series. I'm not making a joke there. Like – that was that was the kind of play we Art, saw. But you are. That's who he is. That's but who Jake Allen is. But I'm is. saying that is like that is what you want to see from him when he's on his game. Those are the kind of saves he's making, and we just don't see enough of that. And that's why there's a problem with him being the go-to backup if your starter gets hurt. Let's hope that never happens. But if he can find a way to play that way all the time and have that confidence, he can be a hell of a goalie. He just needs to. But, but we all know that's not going to happen. It just hasn't happened. It never will happen. He has too much. Uh, he's too up and down. And uh, it's a shame because he had a hell of a game that night. Hmm. I'll leave him uh, alone now. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm going to you're kind of swinging the pendulum in the other direction right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I love Jake Allen. I know you do. He's slurp, my, slurp, he's my slurp, best slurp, friend. Slurp, 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 slurp. Oh, my. Uh, anyway. <laughs> good uh, Lord. <laughs> what? That's a good beer. <laughs> he uh, was oh, you cat. slurp your beer. I do. I do. It's, I mean, that's that's how you aerate it, Jeff. Duh. Okay. Sorry. You have flavor. It's like the same thing with wine. Uh, Schwartz scored a uh, uh, power play goal later in the first period. A goal that was originally awarded to Petrangelo. Uh, the captain of the Blues let a wrist shot go from the point that uh, Schwartz redirected quite effectively, or I don't know how to describe it. It was a, a, sw- a swinging tip. It was, uh, it, was, it was impressive. Definitely. Yeah. My wife uh, hates when I try the swing tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> as, long as, you, as long as you have it mounted properly to the ceiling, <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good. You don't want that to come loose of the ceiling. That's, that's I'm mess. not. I'm not very handy though. That's the problem. Well, you got to go to Lowe's and you got to get the the, the the big threaded. Uh, the Excuse I, me, I uh, Lowe's worker. I I need to set up a <laughs> swing for a swinging tip. Where's the swing at? <laughs> Backyard? No, bedroom. <laughs> bedroom swing. Saw this in a magazine. It's a magazine. Actually, it's actually hanging from the mirror. I'm a on bit the of a hobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> need some cord. Some cord too. Uh, Vel- lots of Velcro. Can you come over and take a look for me? <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> I don't know. I lost my place. Uh, Petrangelo, 
yeah, the Swartz goal. Uh, nice tip. Uh, and I, I didn't. Uh, I thought potential had the goal too until they showed that one replay from behind, from uh, the ice level replay, and that uh, you could see easily that Schwartz tipped it. So uh, nice, beautiful play. But uh, Petrangelo got his goal uh, midway through the second period on another power play, letting a quick shot go from the high slot after a slick backhand pass from, I mean, who else? O'Reilly. Uh, didn't look like Smith picked this one up right away. Um, not a. I mean, looks like Mike Smith. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, did. that was a Mike Smith goal. He, not so not the, the best goal to give up, but you know. Well, Smith and Allen are the two goalies that play the deepest in their net, and Smith can usually get away with it because he's got the size, but whenever he plays the Blues, he tends to give up a lot of a lot of goals where he is way too deep in his net and at a bad angle. So playing deep in your net, to me, that shows a lack of confidence. I mean, if, if you're playing that way. I, just because if you're challenging, you're confident. If you're back in your net, you're trying to protect the net. You're, back, you're, you're basically under the net. You're trying to... It, being playing out and aggressive is scary. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're scared to play out, to me that says you're not quite as confident in your ability to do that. And you're uh, even even though know. even though the odds are with you, you're cutting down angles. It's smart, right? I mean, why, I why else well, what would you, a goalie be playing think? in his I, net? I I see it as that's a, just a position to play. Like some goalies prefer to play deep. Bill, you yeah. you answer that. But that's not the smart play, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree with you. It's not the smart one, but I think that's just how some goalies like to play it. I don't think it's a confidence issue. What do you think, Bill? Uh, Well, I think it depends on the goalie. I mean, for me, it was a confidence issue. When when I was confident, when I was playing with, you know, with uh, Swagger and Verve, I would would come out, you know, and be top of the crease, if not further out. Just good adjectives you, that you want to cut out the, you know, cut down as much angle as possible, and you know I, and I think you know Kurt knows this. You know, listening to Kurt describe that, you know that he's a guy that has played a lot and knows when a goalie's on his game. Right? You can you can read that. Sure. When you're oh, coming sure. in, you see they're they're a little too deep. Oh, if they're in, it, I, I, as, a, as, a, as a forward, I loved it when a goal was yeah. back in his net. It's not challenging. It's fantastic. He had more to shoot at, yeah. I, which yeah. is weird because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mental block, I think, uh, if that's the case, if it's a confidence thing. That's a mental block because if technically if you're lacking confidence, you would think by default you'd be too aggressive because you're trying to overplay angles. But – I, for, there's no reason for a goalie to be back in his net on the goal line under the crossbar in a lot of situations. Uh, some situations, yes, right. So, but where you're, you're right. pucks so, behind the red, red line, power play, you want to, you know. But so I would say two examples from the last set of games that you should not be that deep in the net. The Petrangelo goal that started this conversation, mm-hmm. right? He's he's way too deep in the net. And the other one was the Brodine goal against Allen in the the wild game, off the boards. Mm-hmm. Through you know there was a a very high screen, but Allen had plenty enough time to pick it up. But he was back on his goal line, and it just he he got compressed into the net. Cat Church in the YouTube chat says, "Was it off the shaft? I never saw a good replay. Yes, it was. Uh, he did tip it off the shaft." 
Tony Hockenlob. Hockenlob. Now you got me saying it wrong. I think it's Aikenlob. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're calling him Hockenlob. Right. That's the, okay, that's, that's the, it's the hockey reference. That's the hockey reference. <laughs> Playing deep in the net says you're not confident in yourself and your defense. And uh, catcher says might also show lack of confidence in your defense. That's a good point, too. I mean, if you're, if you're not as confident in your defense, uh, again, though, I mean, the numbers and the stats and the figures and the analysis says that if you come out to a certain degree, you're cutting down the angle and you're taking more than that away. Um, so I, I will say that, that my arguments with you guys is not that I don't disagree. I think 90% of the goalies who... Then why are you arguing? Shut up, <laughs> Bill. What do you know? Um, no, I... I I just feel like uh, there are some goalies that they just they're not comfortable coming out. Crappy goalie, come on, come to my defense here. You're a crappy goalie. You get it. Um, no, it's. Uh, I, I just think that some do prefer to play a little deeper into the net. But I will say, ninety percent of the time that I've seen in the NHL, when a goalie's not having a good streak, it's because he's too deep in his net. He's not challenging. He's not coming out. He's not going to the top of his crease. And I do. Think that that's most goalies, but I do think there are some out there. Yeah, see, crappy goalie. I'm always deep in my net. Hets the name. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I know this guy. That's that's our friend Jason. Uh, he, he usually does play pretty deep in his net, but uh, maybe he's not the the best um, person to use as an example because his name is Crappy Goalie. <laughs> and he also says uh, he followed it up with saying, "I actually think some guys play deeper when they don't trust their team." That's interesting. Uh, I'm not a goalie, but I mean, Bill played a lot of goal. I, I just, uh, that's interesting to me that you would, uh, lack of confidence in your team and you're going to maybe play deeper in your net. Well, I'm not, not being a goalie, I, I'd like to have that rationale to me, uh, to. Because it can't be us. It has to be you. What? <clears throat> what? It's, it's your fault that we don't have confidence. Right, but oh, oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's not it's not that it's not necessarily uh, that the confidence isn't in you. It's I just it. there's no confidence whatsoever. He also says because they're worried about backdoor passes and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, that makes sense too. Einhorn Mr. is Finkel. Blues had, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Mr. Blues had is a very important addition to this conversation. <laughs> Einhorn is Finkel. Thank you, Mr. Blues hat. <laughs> Bradley uh, Steverson. I don't believe we've had that name in the chat before, have we? Uh, they don't trust their defense to pick up a backdoor feed, which is yeah, was mentioned before. That that's uh, that's that's a good point. Uh, you 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 do challenge more. You're out. That opens up more for backdoor. So, okay. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Cat church ads. Uh, your gun is sticking into my hip. <laughs> <laughs> Not wearing a gun. Good lord. <laughs> um, no, and yeah, I mean that makes sense. Where's your hand um, between two pillows? Those aren't pillows. <laughs> okay, we can move on. Planes, trains, <laughs> automobiles. Right, yes, this, yes. This time of year movie. Yep. Uh, Bradley Steverson says, new to the chat, usually a podcaster. Bradley, thanks for joining us. Very cool. Uh, uh, usually a – oh, usually listens uh, via the podcast, I guess. Cool. Uh, welcome, uh, Bradley. Uh, where to leave off at? We this is, a, this is a good chat. I lost my – completely lost my place in our uh, outline here. You were – talking about how great jake allen is yeah okay well that was a long time ago. i was telling you to leave him alone i had hoped to move on from that conversation <laughs> uh but it's such fun <laughs> uh 
Robert Thomas uh, scored to what ended up being the game-winning goal about eight minutes later in the second period. Let a wrister go from the face-off dot that Smith saw. You know, Smith had a good look at, and uh, Thomas just beat him. Uh, upper glove. Uh, again, I mean, if you if you are an Oilers fan, and this shot comes from where it did, which was up with the face-off dot, uh, and it beats Smith upper glove from that angle. Is it a goal that that you think he should have had? I don't. I, I thought it was. It was a good snipe. I thought but, it was a great snipe. Yeah, but but angle uh, snipe, Sally boys. <laughs> but the, but you always hear you always hear the com- you always hear the comments that say um, from that point on the ice, a goalie should always stop it. Not that necessarily that point of the ice, right? But like point shots, right? A point shot, a goalie's always going to stop that shot. I, I would say when that goal went in, I I knew yeah. Mike Smith wasn't going to be a difference maker to allow Edmonton to win this game. He didn't mean that I didn't think Edmonton could still lose or could still come back and win the game because it, you know, Jake was playing a good game, but he's, yeah, you never know. He is what he is. You never know what you're going to get. It's a box. He's a box of chocolates, but no, I thought it was a great snipe personally. Okay. I know. I I loved it. I did. I I was going to get, I was wanting to get uh, an opinion because, because that there was no screen and it was from the faceoff dot. So it was, you know, I and I don't, I can't recall if he was challenging or not. So uh, I don't think he right. He, I mean, again, he probably not challenging, challenging as much as he could. But you know, there there was somebody between, you know, the, yeah. between him and the goal, or between to the side a little bit. Him and yeah, yeah, uh, to the side. Thomas, but yeah, not a not a direct screen at all. Had a goal no, and, no, no. But yeah, eight to four, Bill. It, yeah. you, you need two goals to come in here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and, uh, well, I said oh, one goal, didn't well, I? There's oh, one. Ah! <laughs> Man, I got to shut up. God, Don Scoy just walked <laughs> walked straight down Central. And I assume it's a hat trick. All the hats are on the ice now. No, that's not is what it? that is. That's not what that is? Is it con? Is it the. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, I was like, what are, what are you talking about? The hats. Is it 9 is to it, 5? Is what it like some kind of giveaway? Is something else on the uh, ice? 9 to 4. Oh, my 9 Lord. 9 to 4. That's... I need one more goal. <laughs> I need one more goal. I think as a – I could – I, I bookied this game pretty well. I had the well, – 13 and a half. That's a good number. Yeah. Uh, with the score 3 to 1 with 16 minutes to go in the third, Al made a pretty damn – and uh, Jeff touched on this earlier uh, – pretty damn good glove save. Uh, this is maybe his best save of the year. On Chason. On Chason, yeah. After uh, Gunnarsson blocked the first shot from Chason, then he one-times the rebound, and Allen was quick to react and snare with his glove as he was going down. Uh, beauty. Beauty, boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what are uh, going to say? That was, I it, mean, and Jake Allen has a knack for making the dramatic save. He, right. That's one thing that he's got. He's got a lot of highlight reel saves in his in his back pocket. Right. I was going to say, you can't say that this is top five for his career. No. Because no. he has a ton of great saves. He does, which is, yeah, such an enigma. That he, <laughs> cool he, he is. is. He is. Uh, he made another really good uh, pad save on Cassian, who was all alone in front later in the third. Uh, not quite like the save by Bennington. Uh, made in the game seven of the final against Boston, but uh, but a notable save nonetheless. Very good save with his pad. Timely. Yeah. Which is enigmatic. Yes. Right. Cassian did get one by Allen a few minutes later, though. 
Uh, wrist shot from uh, the right faceoff dot after a nice pass from Dreisaitl. Upper blocker on Allen as he was moving across. Uh, nice shot by Cassian to uh, two cut the lead three to two. Uh, that, and that's what we talked about a lot of times. Uh, pass the puck across, get the puck off the shot off quick because the goal is moving. Mm-hmm. And Allen, he, Allen got across, but he wasn't set. And that's when you score on goalies is when they're not set most of the time. So you open up holes. And I, it was a good shot. I mean, that's not that's tough. That's a tough save to make. Um, Cat, uh, Bowmeister, you know what? On this goal, I thought Bowmeister made a mistake. I thought this goal could have been prevented by the defense. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the Jake Allen defender right now and saying the defense played this one poorly. So right right when the pass was made from uh, who made the pass? Uh, was it uh, uh, McDavid? McDavid? Dry Dry Dreisaitl. Dry or yes, yes. Uh, right when right when the pass was made, uh, Bowmeister, who is the the middle guy, the, the long guy back, he's got uh, Cassian to his left coming into the zone, and and Bowmeister skating backwards. There's three Blues players surrounding Drysaddle as he comes into the zone, and Bowmeister, being in the middle, the last guy back, he takes a he's skating backwards, takes a stride to the right, to his right, and away from from uh, Cassian, and towards like almost towards the right boards. And then that's right when the pass was made. And so then then Cassian receives the pass, lets a shot go. Bowmeister can't get back across. He's about five feet out of position. Not a huge deal, just something little I noticed. But he goes to block it, can't, can't get a stick away to block the shot, and uh, he snipes it. So I thought if I'm going to be picky and blame somebody for that goal on the Blues, I thought Bowmeister could have, I don't know why he strided to the right because there are already three Blues players over there covering the entry into the zone. Uh, when Cassian was wide open to the to the right, to Bowmeister's left on right wing. Yeah, but I'm uh, but, I'm rewatching the goal now because I. Mm, but they I wanna, talked about, about and, and that would be that'd be a very very picky thing to for me to harp on, and I'm just it's something I noticed when I right. watched replay. I see and, your point. And Kelly and Panger talked about during the game last night about how the Blues were so effective last year that between McDavid and Dreisaitl, they had, what, two points all season in the three games we played them. Um, obviously not the case last night, but they said the success was really around how they really played three guys on one player, and that could have been what what's there. Because, I mean, right? you're talking about do I cover... Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, or <laughs> Zach Cassian. Right. And that's, that's kind of brilliant. I mean, Cassian's got some skill. Sure. And, and no. Anybody who plays in the NHL has a skill. But, you know, it, what, what a dream Haley. it must be for him. It was a great shot. It was a good shot. Uh, I just I just thought, if you're going to oh, nitpick. Shit. <laughs> 13. <laughs> 9 to 4 was the final. That, that The old half goal uh, I added on there. Mm. Was the difference? But yeah, right, if Bill, it, you owe, you got to give your pants to Kurt now. If you're gonna nitpick about, <laughs> just, just gonna play. let that one go, huh? I have nothing. <laughs> I've we've I mean, we've had ten thousand pants jokes on this show. It's I can't respond to every single one. That's true. That's true. Oh, let's see. Hey, hang on. I wanna I wanna comment on this because I. I did just rewatch the goal. I, I admit I didn't watch it. I didn't notice it um, when I watched it last night. But I see your point. Um, I think I get what Bo Meester was doing. Um, 
I've got a goalie that I play with now that um, whenever there's a two-on-one, he tells me, because I always take the pass. I, I typically stay right in the middle. I don't go on one guy in particular. I just I usually slide in the middle, try to block the pass, um, and let the goalie take the shooter. I've got a goalie now that tells me that what he prefers I do is skate towards the guy with the puck, basically the guy carrying it in, and then try to, like, basically stay in the middle between him and the but, – but, but stay more on the side of the puck carrier. So that way – I'm either keeping him to the outside or I'm blocking the pass. And uh, so I get what Bo Meester's doing there. Like Bill said, you've got Dreisaitl and McDavid on the ice. You've got to be aware of what they're doing. If, if they're coming up on a two-on-one, you kind of want to let Cassian beat you of those three players. So I get what he's doing, but I will say that uh, with there already being two players on Dreisaitl, that really probably wasn't the right play. So I'll, I'll side with you a bit, Kurt. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's just like a, it's such a bang bang play. Yeah, no, I know. Two on one, it's hard to blame the defenseman that's actually back. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making a big trying to make a big deal out of it. I just, it was something I noticed when I watched the replay, uh, and I saw him stride to the right, and it wasn't a big deal. It was, like, but it probably cost him about five feet in yeah. ice. Yeah, and uh, that could have been the difference between him getting a stick out there to block the shot and not. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, it it didn't matter in the end, so it's not a big deal, but. Uh, anyway, just something I noticed. Uh, the Blues added two empty net goals by Bozak and Barbashev, who uh, Barbashev that was his first of the season, and uh, they won this game five to two. So that, this uh, very close game, good game. I was just a, I, Blues fun played game. a fun game. Yeah, Blues played a good game. Allen played really well in net. Uh, it was good to see. Uh, enjoyed it. I enjoyed this game. Um, after Allen's solid performance last night, his save percentage jumped up by almost 30 points, and his GAA fell by .43 points. So now Allen has a 3.29 goals against average, which is 45th in the NHL, and an 8.82 save percentage, uh, which is 56th. Uh, still awful numbers overall, but a few more starts like that one, and and that will help uh, kind of erase his uh, first few games that were pretty bad to start the season. so Well, it just goes to show you that one or two games in terms of how many starts he's had this year can totally change the complexion yeah. of how he's looked this year. And, and, he's, he, and he gets back on track with another game like that, he's going to be fine. And it's so early in the season. I mean, when you've only played a few games, you, you have a nice game. It can it'll affect your stats quite a bit. So uh, Allen looks to get his next start possibly uh, maybe in Columbus on the 15th. With uh, Bennington getting the Ducks at home, maybe the next night. I'm thinking that's a back-to-back nights. And There's two games between. That, between that follows them. most of you know last season's logic, right? I mean, I mean, would Bennington, you Bennington, Bennington on the road? At home, Allen. Uh, are we going to yeah, see Allen play at home at all this year? Good he, lord! He played after, once this year at home. Yeah, against oh, Montreal. That's right, he and did. He that's right. He gave that goal to Brendan Gallagher yeah. five seconds into the second <laughs> period. That's yeah, a good that point. Was, uh, see what happens when you start Allen at home. You don't do it. Right. Uh, Mr. Blues Hat uh, says, Allen is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. And uh, Cat Church says, I've sacrificed several mice to Allen's continued success. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the Blues are now 11-3-3, three, three, 25 points. 
have won six in a row and now have a five-point lead in the division, which holds still after the Colorado-Nashville game tonight. With Colorado winning, the Blues maintain their five-point lead. I do believe Colorado has now tied Nashville in points, uh, five points by the Blues. Um, do and they have uh, they're actually tied for first overall in the NHL with Washington and one point ahead of Boston. So uh, does this surprise you guys at all with the way the so uh, actually standings wise amazing fantastic first in the division first in the conference tied for first in points in the NHL. Uh, so we've talked a lot about how this team so far this season. Uh, aside for the you know eh, past couple games ago, I guess uh, have been from game to game inconsistent within the game itself. Like they'd have one period be amazing, next period would be rather bad, uh, and just uh, from period to period it was just inconsistent play. But they were getting points even when they were losing, and got a lot of overtime wins. Uh, their record is fantastic, and they're tied for first in the NHL. Does it surprise you guys at all that they're where they are in the standings because of mm. how they played? And you hear quotes all the time up until, I guess, the past game or two, we haven't played the best hockey yet. Yeah. That's what everyone's mm. saying. And I, I, I kind of I believe that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely feels like it's a surprise that we are where we are. But I, a couple of surprising things for the team is the, well, I guess the biggest surprise for the team is the overtime success, right? We yeah. have we have two overtime losses, but we have, what, four or five overtime wins now? And I, that, maybe that comes back to bite us at the end of the year because they did change the tiebreaker this year, right? So um, it's now regulation wins count as the first tiebreaker right. and overtime wins are the second tiebreaker. But... Success is success, yeah. But I also think it it's uh, indicative of how shitty the rest of the league has been. It ha- and that's interesting because the, the, the rest of the Western Conference, I right? Say. And that kind of mimics how the Blues uh, were able to climb the standings the way they did last year after January after Bennington came over because he the the Blues played very well. Don't get me wrong, but we talked about this. But they got a lot of help from other teams that were around them just not winning. And the Blues just blew by everybody in a short amount of time. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Dallas, I mean, well, they've won four in a row. So they've, they've, they've turned it around a little bit. Uh, but they were awful to start yeah. the year. Um, yeah, Ben Bishop is, was a shadow of himself from last year. Colorado got to the amazing start, and then they lost, what, five in a row, I think it was, before tonight? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that so, seems to happen, doesn't it? Every time a team goes on a crazy winning streak, they always Buffalo. have like a crazy losing streak right after. Buffalo. Yep. <laughs> They're doing it again this year. They're uh, sliding a little bit. Um, no, I, I think I'm, I'm with Bill. I think um, the, the biggest surprise for me is just, what, two weeks ago, we were talking about how bad they look in overtime. They they dump the puck in, yeah, three on three, and it's like, what are they doing? And just, did? yeah, I, I hear it. Just like didn't no look good. Like there's no game plan. Like they they don't have a plan in overtime. Yeah, it's uh, that's how it looked, and now all of a sudden, you know, you just said it three times in the past week. They have won overtime games, and before that, they were winning overtime games. So, seeing the turnaround, maybe the philosophy change or whatever it was. 
to make and them play better in overtime. Play. Power, yeah, play, power play that that power doesn't play, you know, that doesn't help. talk about uh, or feed into the overtime, but yeah, the power play. I mean, they they are coming around finally. Vegas Blues fan Heitzman says the Blues are number three in the NHL power rankings this week. That's fair. Um, and Bradley Stevens says I feel like the entire conference had a cup hangover except the Blues. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm the Sharks haven't been. You know what they oh, were supposed to. Sharks I, have ooh. been abjectly terrible. Yeah, I just yeah, I, there's a number of teams that uh, and uh, some surprises. Vancouver, Edmonton. Um, I, so I it's been interesting. I, I'm, I I don't think it's going to end up this way at all. I mm. I expect things to well, shift back a little way, a little bit. But right, I I think the the teams that I worry about in the Central uh, are are. The Avalanche and the Predators, but man, Pecorino oh, looked this, terrible. Yeah. Uses Saros looked horrible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, you're gonna if, have those games, but yeah, I. But Nashville, I mean, just thinking about the effect of the Subban trade and and what they brought in to replace Subban, you, you decide that bringing back Dan Dan Hamhues, who had his best career years in Nashville ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, he looked terrible on that Don goal for the hat trick. Um, I, you know, I, I think maybe the, the as far as the Blues go, that they're, they're is, to kind of reference the they haven't played their best hockey yet, maybe they're playing with a, with a, with a level of confidence to where they, where they they get down in a game or they have a bad period that since they're cup champions and they've been through the war that was to win that cup, that they have this ego or this confidence about them that, well, we're the Stanley Cup champions. We're not out of this game. And well, they, they, they've had a number of comeback where they, they've also blown leads in third period. Too. But still, but I mean, they're, wasn't, they're, wasn't that their mentality all last year, though, is resilience. Right. They, they didn't get... Dev- True. They they weren't devastated by you know even the hand pass, right. game winning overtime goal. It, they, that was nothing beats them. Yeah, I, I, I so it's probably a combination of things, uh, and the fact that they're just a really good hockey team too. I mean, they're a lot of depth, a lot of yeah. with, with with and with Tarasenko being out. Uh, Who? The uh, Tarasenko is a winger that we've got that uh, uh, you know one of the best goal scorers in the NHL over the past like five six years and. Uh, yeah, he's he's out mm. right now. With he's hurt. I don't but, recall. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the the depth that this roster has on it, uh, and this fran- the, the, to to absorb the loss of Tarasenko, which you know so that's thirty plus goals he's going to score, um, and to absorb that so far, uh, they've done. So that's uh, you got Blay, McEachern, Perron, Barbashev, Shannon, Perron. Thomas. Perron is the one that's really yeah. standing out to me. Sunfoot. He, yes. I mean, uh, we've yeah. we've seen like Perron have stretches where he's been great. I mean, at the end of last season, but the whole year, I think he's been one of the more consistent yep. players. And and how often have we said that about David Perron over his career? Yep. Not Two overtime winners there, back to back was. Yeah, so. I. I love watching this game. He's he's just so much, you know. He's always had confidence to try the the toe drags, but now he's got that. Plus, he's shooting and and hitting the net. Yeah, 
And that, I know they made a lot of during, I don't know what broadcast it was, several broadcasts, but uh, how he changed up his stick. And he went from a stiff flex to, to a flexi a flex. flex. <laughs> yeah, whip, yeah. flex. And, and it's made a huge difference. Yep. I, I, absolutely, uh, I agree with Shen, you. Shen, I think Shen said he was using like a 110 and now he's using like a 75 or yeah. something. So yeah. it's pretty substantial. Yeah, very. Like, he's on the stick to all the work. Yeah, opposite ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, but so yeah, I I completely agree with Jeff that I'm I'm in love with David Perron's game. But, yeah, Perron, you know David, you Mr. Perron, you've had such a good year. You go out next game, you take yourself an offensive zone penalty. You you do that. <laughs> you you've earned it. You've earned it. You get he's yourself a one. Peronalty. He's yeah, he's he's earned one. Uh, and it's not just him. I mean, this whole team, and you mentioned, you know, the, the talk of we haven't played our best hockey yet. I hate to say it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being pessimistic, but I think this might be their best hockey. I think this is how they were playing at the end of last year. The, the last two games is mostly oh, yeah. what I'm speaking right. about. The Vancouver and Edmonton games, they look great. Yeah. Uh, they controlled play. They were forechecking. The goaltending was fantastic. The defense was was great for the most part. I think this is the best Blues hockey that we're going to get, especially without Vladimir Tarasenko on the wing. Yep. And that's and not I, a bad thing. If we no. keep, I mean, and you're not going to see this the rest of the year. No way. But if this shows its, its, its face during the Tarasenko injury, they're going to be just fine without him. Uh, speaking of injuries, late in the uh, Edmonton, or second period of the Edmonton game, uh, Alexander Steen injured his ankle in the second period of the last night's game on what ended up being an ugly-looking collision with uh, Alex Chason. Uh, Steen's ankle bent in a way that ankles shouldn't ought to bend. Nope. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that was bad. It was, uh, yeah. I, after was one the of those cringe-worthy moments that I yeah. saw the replay, and I'm like, mm. After the period was over, I rewound it, and I paused it at the moment of impact, and I saw that his ankle was like, yeah, that was nasty looking. Took a picture of it and I posted it on Twitter. I'm like, ah, that's not, that's not good. Uh, yeah, thanks so it, for that, by the way. Inst- instantly, I'm just thinking, well, it's an ankle injury, because people on TV were saying uh, maybe a knee, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I, I mean, it could be a knee, but I, I mean, that ankle looks pretty, pretty awful in that in that screenshot. So I was guessing an ankle. Uh, turns out he's got a uh, uh, left the game. Uh, X-rays showed he had a uh, high ankle sprain. Will be reevaluated in four weeks. So he had uh, he had just returned from a lower body injury that he has suffered versus the Red Wings earlier in the season. Uh, I guess it's better than a torn ACL. Um, maybe a little worse than a broken bone. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you you actually uh, want the, want a broken bone when it comes to the ankle. True. Because it, it's a lot easier to heal. Yeah. And True. high ankle sprains. That was I forget what year it was, but that that was the the bane of the goalies back. Uh, it, well, th- that's the thing Crawford, that can, it's hard to heal Rice. from. Yeah, because it could take like six to eight weeks at the most. I mean, uh, and they they say that a high ankle sprain, you will feel pretty good after a few weeks, and that will lead you to overwork. train or overwork and train harder to get back into shape to play. And then come back too soon, and then it's a, it's a, it's an easy thing to re-injure. So uh, hopefully they have learned from past high ankle sprains, and they won't do that. But um, there's a discussion going on, on the YouTube chat too about Perron and uh, Mr. Blues Hat saying uh, he's still consistently taking Peronalties. That's funny. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A lot of love for Ron. Catchurch says he's sassy, which, you know. And, uh, and Light, Light Sound Geometry says Piran is a hockey player. That's true. Like, that is true. <laughs> like, uh, true words that have never been spoken. Um, I will say with the Steen injury, it's it's kind of sucks because last week, I don't know if you remember, Kurt, I, I said, uh, oh, you know, Steen, that's the kind of player, like, if you, you know, you talk about depth, that, oh, yeah, our, one of our fourth-line players got hurt. That's the kind of injury you, you kind of want over your top-line players. And here we are the next week, and Steen's injured. So yeah. I'll take fault for that one. Uh, but Jeff. Yep. But, uh, you know, and, and I said this last week, this is where a guy like Mackenzie McEckern is going to be asked to step in. We're going to get to uh, another player the Blues just acquired as well. But um, Mackenzie McEckern, this is the type of thing that's going to keep him in the lineup. And uh, I thought he's played really, really well this season in the time he's been given. So uh, now he's going to probably get at least four weeks of action straight unless uh, he takes a real downward turn in his game. But, um, you know, not saying that injuries are a good thing. They're always a bad thing. But the Blues have the uh, the ability to absorb this, as they have with Tarasenko injuries so far. Uh, I think they can do this with the fourth line. And, and uh, again, we're going to talk about a trade here in a minute. But um, – this is uh, this is the time to shine for some of these guys who are uh, uh, the 13th and 14th forwards for the Blues. Agreed. I concur. <laughs> yeah. So, Kurt, do you have the Gary Bettman? We have a trade oh, to announce. I do, but it's ready like not go. ready. Uh, yeah. Bam. I know. Maybe Bam. I missed, missed opportunity. I can't. I, it's not with with the new setup here. My the audio that I have my PC doesn't feed in because. But I got to. I have to get twenty minute a, vamp. I have to get it set up at a different uh, location to then uh, line it in. So I, that's that's a uh, project for next show. But we have a trade to vamp. announce. We have a trade to. I think you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robbie Fabry was traded to the Detroit Red Wings after the game last night. Uh, pretty soon after the game last night, um, they acquired uh, the guy from Strange Brew. Uh, John LaRose. <laughs> he, Rosie LaRose. <laughs> uh, the Blues also get a conditional 24 Velsenor in the deal. 2 4 Velsenor. That's a 2 4. That's a 2 4 Velsenor. Uh, Jacob DeLaRose uh, was a straight up trade, one for one. Uh, speculation was uh, initially on social media that trade was made due to the Steen injury. Uh, which would have been hella fast, right? But uh, but Larose uh, didn't dress in Detroit's game last night, and the trade was apparently uh, made earlier. But they were waiting until after the game to announce it. So. I was gonna say that was announced yeah. right after the game. There's no yeah. way Doug Armstrong worked his magic that fast. Well, he had a whole period to do it, and uh, yeah, no I way. Mean, yeah, I, it it's possible. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. I, I was like, that's fast. Holy shit. You might have it in the notes here, but but it was announced today that Robbie Fabry did ask for a trade. Yes, right. so. he did. He he he. So I guess that was a little while back. I guess probably in the off season or maybe it was after. The, yeah, I think it was early in season. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I I saw speculation it was I, in, over the off season. Do not blame him. <laughs> but but can you not imagine like if if Armstrong tells Fabry you know in the press box 
after this game, we we have traded you. After this game, you'll go to Detroit, and then you see Steed get injured. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! There's my spot. <laughs> uh, the uh, La Rose is now the biggest. Dela Rose. Dela Rose. Dela Rose. Well, I was saying, Dela Rose. I was just going by his last. I was not like, is it Dela Rose? Is, it's is Dela Rose? But the D is lowercase. What's on the back of his jersey? Dela Rose. Dela Rose. Dela Rose. Okay. 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 God, Rose. come on, okay. man. All right, Dela Rose is now Jesus. the biggest Swedish player. I don't. Is now the biggest Swedish player on the team. <laughs> so I guess Panger is going to bring back the phrase. Big Swede. The big Swede. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's 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 just set up for him, right? Uh, jumping. De La Rose is a former 2013 second-round pick by Montreal, 34th overall in the draft. He uh not a skilled guy, uh, even though he captured a gold medal with Team Sweden at the 2018 World Championships. Uh, he's a fourth-line checker. Uh, everybody says he's a good skater, which is good because this is the NHL. <laughs> well, when, when we acquired Oscar Sudquist, he was a terrible skater. As, uh, okay, so and so was Tony Twist. His whole Still career, is, his whole but, career, yeah. Right. <coughs> uh, in 195 games, he has 12 goals, 20 assists for 32 points. Is a minus 26 with 71 pims and 356 hits. Fabry, in comparison, in 164 games, has 32 goals, 41 assists. 73 points, a minus 26, 60 pims, and 155 hits. Uh, De La Rose hit total from two years ago, which was 127 uh, hits in 55 games, would have been second on the Blues last year behind Maroon. Uh, this move adds some toughness. Um, we do lose some skill with Fabry, that, but granted the skill was never able to crack the lineup So uh, with any sort of consistency after recovering from two knee surgeries. So... Um, Fabry did play in 10 playoff games during the Blues Cup run, scoring one goal, no assists, minus four, no penalties, 23 hits. Uh, do you like this move, guys? Well, first first of all, I want to add that there was a lot of people that I saw the instant reaction of, oh, you're trading skill uh, for this guy. Uh, you know, Blues, this looks bad. The Blues have given up a guy who has 32 goals um, and then uh, uh, 12 goals from another guy. But really, you look at it, let's break this up by post-injury and prior to injury for Fabry. He has three goals in the last two years. Um, listen, I'm not trying to bag Fabry at all. I think he's – I wish him the best of luck in Detroit. But he wasn't the same guy before his injury. I think anybody who's watched a Blues game can tell you that. I mean, you know, Robbie Fab- – you would have told me five years ago, four years ago, Robbie Fabry would have trouble cracking the Blues lineup. I would have laughed in your face, but he's a completely different player now. Uh, Blues know that they need uh, they they need somebody with uh, some fourth line, third line skill, um, and Jacob De La Rose is that guy. He's not going to step in and be a, a first or second line player. And let's face it, though, Fabry was given that position. I think early this year he was put on the second line, uh, looked okay. And I think as every game went on, I thought he looked a little worse and a little worse and just out of place. We've talked about his defensive lapses. Again, not trying to bag on the guy, but I think this is a this is a Baruby type player the Blues are getting in Jacob De La Rose. I think he's going to add some hits. Kurt, you mentioned that um, uh, his, his hit totals um, is something the Blues have kind of been lacking. Not lacking, but uh, he would be uh, one of the top Maroon. hitters. Without yeah, Maroon. Maroon was a top hitter last year. He may replace a chunk of that. Yeah. 
and and right now you put him in there and he's one of the top hit getters on the Blues. So if he plays, I mean, if he how, plays, how, how often? I mean, I can totally see this being a situation where he's in and out of the lineup too, based on who well, we're playing. Right. You got to well, figure too with him being a, a 2013 second rounder. You know what you're getting at this point. He's a guy uh, that's. Not going to step in. You're not going to be like, oh, man, maybe this guy, we can turn him around and be a 40-goal scorer. When he was drafted, this is probably the type of player everybody was expecting they would get. So I think that knowing what you're getting from this guy, knowing that he can step in and be a a solid fourth-line player, that's what attracted the Blues to this trade. Yeah. um, I remember him coming up with the Habs, and I I want to say that he was compared a lot to – that his skating, his speed, you know, is like uh, he could be uh, somewhat like a Victor Stahlberg type. But Stahlberg, I thought, was a lot faster overall and not as uh, gritty and not as defensive-minded. Um, I think that, you know, of course, Montreal is, expects every player that comes in to be, you know, the next uh, Jean Beliveau. Um, <laughs> I don't think that was the expectation with him, but I, I think, you know, it, it, expectations may have been a little too high. Um, and uh, Montreal has, you know, a, a ton of players that, uh, you know, are in their system that fit better in their, their mold. He was placed on waivers in the last season and Detroit picked him up. Um, and so, you know, he, uh, he'll bring, he'll bring size. And I think that's the key. And I think that that is so two points to Robbie Fabry. Why, why he's not here. One, he didn't have the size that Ruby wants and you, you can't fix that, right? You are, you are who you are size-wise. Ruby wants a big team, and uh, Fabry wasn't that. And, you know, the, the difference between Fabry's game now and when, you know, before the surgeries, he wasn't afraid to get to the middle of the ice, middle of the slot, let shots go. Everything he does now is on the perimeter. And if he's going to be successful in the NHL, He's got to learn to get back to the middle of the ice and not be afraid of that. And I think he's got a great opportunity in Detroit. I'm I was gonna super say happy yeah. for him. Yeah. He's going to a place where they need NHL caliber players. He's going to get his shot. And if he can't figure it out there, then I think it'll be done. I Based he, on what I – They're oh, built on speed. Yeah. And that's, we, that's good for him. We, uh, I had a conversation with uh, there's a Grindline podcast out of the Detroit on Twitter last night, and they, they were – uh, seem very happy to get Fabry, mm. which uh, which I they should be. I mean that's, that's a it's a it's a good move for them uh, to do that. So um, I I don't think they were sad to see uh, Taylor Rose go uh, in exchange for Fabry. So that that's uh, we'll see how it works out. I I he'll he'll get a shot. Uh, Fabry will get his chance there, and I think uh, if he doesn't perform here and produce in Detroit. Yeah, his career might be over because yeah. this is yeah. like the best opportunity for him that he's had since his first year and a half with the Blues. Yeah, he's Two he's them. not the type of guy that you can throw on your bottom six and say, well, you know, he can step in and play some good six, seven-minute roles here and there, but he's he's not that guy. He's a guy that has to play in your top six. He He's a speedy guy. He's a skill guy. And, uh, you know, maybe in a pinch he's a third-line player, but – 
he's got to be able to play in a scoring position. Otherwise, his skill is just it's just not worth it in the NHL level. Right. Uh, real quick, guys. I thought this was interesting because um, this trade with Detroit, I'm like, I, I remember when, when Detroit moved to the East, I said, when will be the first time the Blues and Red Wings actually make a trade? And uh, so let me ask you guys, when was the last time the Blues and Red Wings made a trade? Take a guess. Any year. Take a year. Any year. That would be uh, uh, Riendo Zombo. Wow. You know what? Uh, you're not – in terms of player for player, you are correct. 1991, October 18th, Rick Zombo, Vincent Riendo. That's impressive. Good work there, Kurt. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> The last trade, though, was on uh, June 27, 1998, during the draft. The Blues traded a second-round pick okay. uh, for a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. So uh, three Who guys cares? I don't think ever even played in the NHL. But, but yeah, Pers- that's impressive, Kurt. Damn. But, hey, yeah, I, I, that's why I'm here. Uh, I, I do prefer the Oats for Verdurko trade myself, personally. Yeah. But yes. that's, that's, like, one of the best trades in NHL history. My God. Yep. Blues really fleeced them there. Oh God! It's, it's, I mean, it, you you can't you can't retirement. <laughs> you can't fleece a team any worse. Yeah, you really can't. Um, that's like the uh, Brock for, was it Brock for Brolio? Yeah, and the Cardinals uh, for the Cubs. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I last thought on the um, Delarose trade. He is going to wear the – either he's a huge Lars Eller fan or he's a huge Corey Stillman fan. 61. 61 is wow. going to be back in the rotation. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, – and I, I, I think I, I asked if uh, you like this move. I, Jeff, Jeff likes it. Bill, are you yay or nay on the move? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 Fabry I, I, was just going to be disappointing. I, I, I'm, I'm happy I, with both the team and for Fabry. I think yeah. it's a it's a good move for both both sides. I think I think if Fabry's not going to play, I was all in favor of moving him. And I, I just I think I think the return just doesn't excite me. I mean, he's not a. I don't know. I I think he's a guy that um, if he plays and he produces and he fits in well with the fourth line and. Now, if they put him on the third line, because Cap Friendly tweeted out uh, projected lines for the Blues, and they put him on the third line, if he's playing on, the, if De La Rosa is playing on the third line, I'm like, now nah, I'm just gonna be pissed. Well, because I, so so, what do you do? I mean, who they break up the fourth line? Yeah, I mean, which is playing right, well, right? Do you and do do you move Sunquist? Because Delarose can play center or wing. Yeah, but I mean, I think you have to but move Sunquist. Do you, do you move Sunquist to the third line? I think he's a much more talented offensive player. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to at least give this kid a shot. You never know what he could be outside of Detroit. Yeah. He well, he played for Montreal too. Yeah, but I mean, he was younger, and, and he's with a new team, a new system. Hey, you this, know what? The system should probably benefit his style. Yeah, maybe. I I just I I. You know who this trade doesn't work out for though. Are the Nathan Walkers and Clem Costins of right. the world? Right, and the mm-hmm. yeah, and the uh, 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 what's his face? Cost and uh, uh, Cairo. Yeah, yeah. I was that, that, that's, that's interesting. And I had a conversation on Twitter last night about this, about how uh, 
the, 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 does this mean Costin's not ready? I'm like, well, it probably means that they want to just, they don't have intentions of bringing Costin up for at least mm-hmm. half a season. They right. want to get more time in, the, in, the, in San Antonio. And it's, this is the weekend after Armstrong went down to watch San Antonio. So, yeah. So, that's a good point. That, that's telling, right? Yeah. Although I think, I, I haven't, I don't, I haven't seen stats to back this up. I heard that Costin is playing, because he had a fantastic camp with the Blues. Uh, got to a slow start with San Antonio, but I heard he's playing better down there recently. But I don't know. Anyway, uh, the Petrangelo contract watch. Um, this season he has six goals, which is second in the NHL among defensemen, eight assists, which is 25th, uh, 14 points, which is ranked seventh, and his uh, points per games played is .82, which is ranked eighth. He's got two penalty minutes and three power play goals, which is first amongst defensemen in the NHL. Uh, six power play points, which is 12th. Shooting percentage is 13%, which is 14th ranked. And his time on ice is 23-41, which is ranked 24th. So uh, he's, uh, I think Petrangelo has, has had a very good season so far. He's played well. Um, I think he's only helping his case for his new contract, personally, which is probably Bad news for the Blues. It's good and bad. Good for the season, bad for contract situation because uh, I said before, if he plays at a Norris level this season, then he's going to command and probably get $9, $10 million next season, next offseason. Uh, off-season. I think, when we talked about this to death, I don't think the Blues can offer him more than 8 8.5. Mm. So this will be interesting because he's having a good year. Um, if he maintains this, what's that mean? Bye bye. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it's I hate to say it, but yeah, I totally agreed at the time, and I still do that we can't give him over nine. And, no, I don't. And he'll if, if he keeps this up, he will be worth on the open market, probably north of 10. Oh, it's a lot for, 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 for a, okay. I, I, but just think, think about how his agent's going to approach teams in the off season when they come to him saying, oh, you will give you Yossi money. And he'll be like, wait, did Yossi want a Stanley cup? Did Yossi just win a Norris? Cause I think, I think he could be on track for a Norris. Uh, the I, way I, he's I, playing if right he, now. if he maintains this, I think he is a finalist. Yeah. And I, I, which I said before the season started, I'm like, for Petrangelo to get the kind of money people were saying that he might be commanding, he needs to be a Norris Trophy winner or a finalist this season. And he, he's kind of doing it right now. Yep. It's early, but he's still kind of, he's kind of doing it. So um, we'll see. Uh, Jeff, I, I mean, are you, uh, what do you think? I mean, I'm I'm with uh, with Bill. I think you know if if he continues this pace, uh, which uh, I don't know if he will, um, then yeah, I think it's it's going to be bye bye from the Blues. But it's too early right now to tell. Um, they're not talking, as far as I'm understanding, uh, right now about an extension. But uh, I do know that uh, you know both teams are interested, at least both sides are interested. So it's just a matter of. Um, you know, seeing how things play out. If he gets hurt, if he goes on a slump, I mean, Doug Armstrong's going to be looking his chops. But uh, at the same time, like you guys said, you know, you want him to still play well because you want to see this team repeat. But 
if you want to keep him long term, um, you know, do you want to see him keep up the success? <laughs> I know, right? It's it's catch twenty two, right? Yep. Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't. Yep. Um. I, yeah, I, I, well, we'll. I mean, I'm, I, he. This is the best I've seen him play since. Was it three or four years ago when he had a really good season? Um, yeah. uh, he and that was like, and then he's been kind of trending down since then a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this has been offensively. He's, and I had a conversation online about uh, how he and uh, Doty from uh, uh, L.A. I believe it's and, pronounced Duty. Duty. Uh, mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I didn't look. I hadn't paid attention to Doty's stats, and he. He, uh, Petrangelo has outscored him over the career, over his career. Point. Yeah. Ten, last 10 years. He's always outscored him. I'm like, huh, that surprised me a little bit that I, I, I thought Dowdy was a little, little higher than that. But yeah. part of that is just because the, 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 uh, style LA played for a while there under Sutter. Well, I think, uh, Dowdy has more, a lot more power play points too. And that's probably more sexy and gets more highlight, uh, Highlights, I don't know. That that's probably what I'm thinking of. But uh, yeah, so uh, Jeff, you had some goaltending stuff you want to talk about. Yeah, and this was mostly stemming from a conversation that's been going on right now amongst uh, Blues fans and Allen versus Biddington people, which I always think is ridiculous because why pick a side? You should just be happy when uh, the team's playing well. But whatever, that's Another conversation. Uh, so for those that may not be aware, uh, Jake Allen has moved into number two uh, this season for uh, wins. Um, he is uh, 139 wins. Mike Liute is still the uh, team leader at 151. Jake Allen just passed Curtis Joseph. He is third with 137 wins. So there's a, there's been a lot of talk of, is Jake Allen the greatest goalie in Blues history? Um, now, if you ask the uh, panel on this podcast, I think you're going to know the answer that that is not the case. And um, I decided, you know, rather than just and again, I don't hate Jake Allen. I wish that he plays the best hockey. I wish he plays till he's 45 years old in the NHL. Um, it's just uh, that's not the way it's trending right now. Um, again, we've said this on the show. We think that his best days are behind him. Um, but. Again, looking at the stats, um, so again, number two in wins, um, and uh, in games played, he is number three with 269. And uh, when, when ask, asking the question, and this is something we've done on this show, who the greatest goalie is in Blues history, you have to look, overall, goals against average and save percentage. Right now, and this is something we've said on the show, Brian Elliott leads in both statistics. Uh, goals against average, 2.01, save percentage, uh, 925, which is uh, uh, tops in both. And then shutouts as well. Brian Elliott has 25, uh, and Yaroslav Halak is number two with 20. Jake Allen has 19. So these stats are all, it's again, talking about the greatest goalie in Blues history, not a lot to go off of here. Blues never really seem to have one goalie who stands above the rest, and they keep for a long time like a Martin Brodeur type, who, by the way, is a former St. Louis Blue. Um, but, uh, For a the short way time. that, the way that I decided to try and figure out, cause you know, again, you look at say people are going to say, well, look at wins. Jake Allen's number one in wins. 
Okay, uh, not number one, but he's going to be number one. Let's face it. Uh, save percentage goals against average. Some people say that. That's Brian Elliott. Shutouts. It's Brian Elliott. So what's the best way to do this? So I thought, you know, I'm going to look at the top five players in Blues history, goaltenders, in wins, and say, okay, top five. Mike Leud has 151. Jake Allen, 139. Curtis Joseph, 137. Grant Fuhrer, 108. Brian Elliott, 104. So the benchmark there for me is 104 goals. Or I'm sorry, 104 wins, because that is uh, the fifth best. So fastest to get to 104 wins of those five players. Grant Fjord made it there in 240 games. Mike Liute in 216. Curtis Joseph in 211. Jake Allen in 171. Brian Elliott did it in 164 games. So granted, you are splitting hairs there a little bit. Brian Elliott has 164 games, took him to get to 104 wins. Jake Allen uh, got himself to 104 in 171 games. Pretty close there. So then I thought, you know what? That's close. It's too close to, to really kind of come up there. So the next stat that people look at, shutouts. Brian Elliott leads, obviously. Yaroslav Halak's number two. Jake Allen, number three. And uh, uh, the leader, Brian Elliott, 25. Halak, 20. Jake Allen, 19. Again, the benchmark will be 19 because that is what Jake Allen had. So the fastest to 19 shutouts. Jake Allen was the slowest in uh, 245 games. Yaroslav Halak did it in 147 games, and Brian Elliott did it in 102 games, which that's pretty impressive. 19 shutouts in 102 games. Um, so, again, I know you guys, or well, at least Kurt agrees. Bill, I don't know about you. Uh, I am going to stick with just because of the stats alone, including GAA and save percentage, and then the fastest two that I just listed off. Brian Elliott, I think, still stands as the number one Blues goalie. But um, I do think Jake Allen is in the discussion. But it's just a matter of if we're going to pick one, that's my one. Fight me. No, I, 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 that's what I said on Twitter uh, in, a, in a conversation. I kind of jumped on a little bit. I think the whole conversation was kind of a joke to start with, but um, at least that's what he said at, in the end. Which, But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, and that's – what I've said for a while, uh, Brian Elliott is, I mean, stats-wise, he is the guy for me, for the Blues goalies. I mean, uh, Bennington's got to keep uh, – now, if Bennington keeps us up for three or four more years, then he's in the conversation. Uh, so – Right, because it was for all – for for both – well, for Halak, for Elliott, and for Allen, it's been a relatively short span sure. of time. Five years, effect, right? Right. It's it's a small window. Jake Allen was afforded the longest window out of all these guys. Eight years, right? Halak was in and out. Elliot was in. Should have still been here. He should have been the guy instead of Allen. But Armstrong didn't like being given an ultimatum. And see ya. But <clears throat> Allen's had the longest, you know, the longest rope of all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, by yeah. far, right? He was he was the draft pick of the Blues, and you know they they wanted to. It was like they wanted to prove we we can develop a goalie. We we can do it, and you know yeah. he's he's yeah. his career numbers are okay, but I don't know it. And, it if, I don't know from 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 a goaltending 
uh, you know, f- from a guy who loves the goaltending position and, and wants it to be like the great thing about hockey being excited that Jake Allen is our greatest goalie just <laughs> yeah. doesn't do it for no, me. No, it, 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 it doesn't pass the sniff test uh, to me. Mr. Booze Hat in the uh, YouTube chat says, Jake's career numbers are skewed by good numbers his first few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last uh, uh, few have been meh, which is totally true. Um, well, and, and to, to, to really get into the, the stats again, I mean, Jake Allen, save percentage number five at nine eleven. And uh, Jake Allen, number nine at goals against average at two point five five. Again, I mean, you're you're in the top ten, yeah, so that's well, great. But but to say one of the top goalies the Blues have ever had, that just shows that he's been here a while. And yeah, he's had some great defenses in front of him as well. I know you could say the same thing about Brian Elliott in the Hitch system, but I mean, he was great the whole time he was here, except for maybe a stand of five games in a row there in the 2013 season. I, you know, as far as goals against average and save percentage and comparing them and, you know, we're, we're, we're treading in dangerous waters here with different NHL eras too. I mean, you know, Liute and Joseph and you know, their goals against averages were higher, but that was a different era. It was a much higher scoring era. The defense wasn't a, th- a thing as much back then. So it's, I mean, they you you had an under three GAA and, and a, an over nine save percentage and it was pretty good. Um, nowadays those suck. Um, so uh, I think uh, that's that's why um, you only take GAA and save percentage so far. You really need to factor in a whole bunch of other stuff, including the eye test. If you never saw a goalie play in the 80s, 90s, and you're just looking at stats to compare them against goalies now, you're I just that's not you're not it's not a good argument. My dad told me one of the greatest goaltending performances he has ever seen was by Ed Stanowski against the Buffalo Sabres in the eighties in uh some playoff series. I don't remember what year it was. I've never seen it. I've got to take his word for it. But you, you hear Ed Stanowski, anyone around the league says, Who's that? I mean, any goalie can step in and be a franchise goalie for one year, two years, and and that just and then you said, I mean, you look at the save percentage all time. Chris Mason is number four in Blues history. Is anyone arguing that Chris Mason is the greatest Blues goalie of all time? No, Roman Turek's number two in goals against average. I mean, it, it's, they, it's they all each, arbitrary. They, you know, and they each had their moments with the Blues. They, I mean, Mason had a nice what season? Uh, uh, yep. Turek had a great season. Uh, won the Gen- uh, was the him Jennings. and uh, Johnson won the Jennings. Yeah. Uh, so McLennan wasn't it? Or was but, it Johnson? McLe- was it McLennan? Yeah. Okay. The, the first yeah, McLe- yeah, yeah. By the way, McLennan's the- by the way, McLennan's number three in goals against average. Yeah. See, <laughs> really? Yeah. Noodles. Huh. Brent Johnson you know, number played, five. What? How, yeah, but how long? I mean, how long did McLennan played here? What two years? It was a short window. Yeah, it was no. pretty small. Let me look. Yeah. Clinton had um, 82 games with the Blues total. Yeah, so five, two, three years. Five, three years. Yeah. So, yep. so, so I just have to comment real quick, just because we're talking, uh, you know, Blues history and goaltending. And Jeff brought up the name Ed Stanowski, first goalie I ever saw that had paint on his mask, and he had the blue note around yeah. his eyes. Yep. Absolutely love it to this day. That mask went up for sale. Um, 
don't know if it was an auction or if it was just for sale on a it was like two grand or something. Yeah. Or three grand. Pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, yeah. That's if if I won the lottery, I would do nothing but collect goalie masks. That'd be a cool thing to own. Yeah. Stanowski's mask. Mm-hmm. The first one you saw painted. Yep. That badass. So, but the thing I'll end on here is is exactly what um, Scuba, our friend in the YouTube chat, says. The Genesee Quav making a key save at a critical critical time is what I go on. The it factor, one hundred percent. Like Kurt kind of alluded to, it's the eye test. You know, Curtis Joseph. You look at his stats with the Blues. You know, a save percentage GAA. You say, well, he's not one of the top goalies in Blues history. Anyone who saw him play would tell you otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, he had some ridiculous seasons here in St. Louis. Uh, same thing with Grant Fuhr in the short window he was here. So Fuhr, it's, Fuhr's it's, best. I mean. You're comparing across eras too, but but his I mean numbers wise, his best years were here. Yeah. Sure. Now no cups obviously, but uh, yeah, his best GA and save percentages were in St. Louis. Again, Thank you Nick Kiprios. Comparing against right. uh, different eras, but still, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah. The, and, that just shows and, that, and that just shows. Yes, that just shows to Goya that <laughs> you can't compare numbers against different eras because. Grant Fuhrer is known as the great, uh, by, is referred to as the greatest goalie of all time by Gretzky because of his play at Edmonton. But if you look at his numbers in Edmonton, they're not near as good as they were in St. Louis. No. But he was a better goalie in Edmonton than he was here, and he was good here. He was real good here. He was awesome. Yeah, but he was that much better in Edmonton. But it was a different era, so right. no defense. We need we need a larger sample size, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I think by the by the time. Bennington's career in St. Louis is done. I think he is going to be the standalone number one goalie in Blues history. I know it's history. To, it's that, very early to say that, but the guy is is shown that he can be that guy. He's you know he's got the swagger for it. I uh, I hope that's I hope that's the case. I I do want to see more from him though. But it's it, yeah. I so far so good. Honestly, uh, the. Stats for the Blues. Uh, last Tuesday, the Blues special teams were ranked during our last show. Power play was at 25.6%, which was 7th in the NHL. Penalty kill was 81.1%, 14th in the NHL. We had a 5-0 and record since our last show. Uh, over that time, the Blues went 4 for 15 on the power play, which was uh, 26.7%, fifth, which is 5th in the NHL, and killed 12 of 15 penalties, which is 80%, 20th in the NHL. So their current NHL special team ranks are... Power play, 25.9%, which is 5th, and penalty kill, 80.8%, which is 16th. So they gained a couple slots in the power play over the past week and uh, dropped a couple in the PK over the past week. They added a couple shorthanded goals this week, though. Yeah, with the because the goalie was pulled. The empty nets, yes. <laughs> right, but, right. but at the end of the season, we're not going to remember that. We're going to look, oh, my God, they scored a lot of empty net goals. <laughs> <laughs> they had two in one game? You know, with the amount of one-goal games they're winning, they should have a couple more. Yeah. They don't ask how they win, and right. they ask how many. That's true. Uh, next up for the Blues, uh, Calgary, in Calgary, uh, Saturday night. They are 9-7-2 and with 20 points, currently in the second wild-card spot. They're 5-1-1 one, one at home, 5-4-1 uh, in the last 10. Matthew Kachuk leads the Flames in scoring with nine goals, nine assists. And uh, asshole Lucic is uh, a Calgary Flame now, so uh, we'll have to deal with him. Will he? Is, is he hurt? Not suspended. Oh, is he's he suspended? That's right. Yeah, he's still out. He's not played. He's suspended. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. 
Good. Ogletorp? Good. That's that's for the best. Ogiltorp. 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 Uh, no, good. That's good. I mean, Lucic, man, he sucks, doesn't he? He's, he's just a, terrible. He's a he's a fucking prick. Everything about him. God, he's he dirty. Sucks. He's he's fucking dirty. Um, used to be good. Uh, beat uh, they beat the uh, Coyotes four to three in overtime on Tuesday, and they're playing in New Jersey tonight. Uh, so the happens. suspension may be over then. He'll be in the lineup. Oh yeah, because it's How many two games. games. Oh. So and it was announced Monday. So if yeah. So asshole Lucic will be in the lineup for <laughs> tomorrow night or Saturday night. Uh, don't forget, you can't touch a flame when it's red hot. Oh God. <laughs> I try to forget. I'm not gonna play it. I try to forget. If you're if you're if you're listening, uh, go on the YouTube and uh, punch in. You can't touch a flame when it's red hot, and you'll see what year was that? 86. 86. Yeah. 80s during the cup run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they made a video where they like, lost the Patrick Waugh. like the uh, like the Chicago Bears did with the Super Bowl shuffle. They tried to replicate that, and it is awful. It is Brett Hall's in it. Brett Hall is in it, and it is terrible. It's hilariously terrible. Uh, for anyone who's wondering, the Flames did beat the Devils tonight 5-2. to two. So uh, they'll be coming off a win. Lucic back in the lineup. Uh, Riddish likely. Riddick. Is it Riddick or is it Riddish? It's Riddick. 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 Yeah. David Riddick. He'll, he'll be back in uh, net likely as well. You can't touch a flame when it's red hot. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, and yeah, okay. Uh that's that's all I got. Uh anything on the YouTube chat here? Um uh talking about Bennington, Scuba nope. says he won that game seven for us. Yeah. Which I think we've nope. all agreed on that and oh. calls him a brick wall. So one hundred percent. No, I mean he that's that's his legacy right now, so Oh yeah. It will that's... always be his legacy unless he wins us another one. And does something as dramatic as that? I mean, I there's always something dramatic that happens when you win a cup at some point uh, that you're known for. But man, that's it's going to be hard to top that that performance in the first period and that save in the third period. And Oof. and golly, still get tingles thinking about it. So much fun. Uh, our next show will be next week sometime. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's too far. It's too, too far out there to. Yeah, to, to Tuesday, or Wednesday. I I think next week there's a. I don't know. It might be Tuesday or Thursday. Uh, we'll see. Uh, thank you guys. That was fun. Good because that, that that was a long show, but it kind of flew by pretty quick. Yeah, it did. Well, uh, guys, I don't have another one more thing. So oh. lucky you. I think we got it all out this episode. Stop talking before you come up with what. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, and thank you wait, for those who, wait, chatted along, who chatted along in the live uh, show in the uh, YouTube chat. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. You can't touch a flame if it's hot. And you got it wrong. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs> 